did think it'd be really funny if we listened to the end of the last podcast we did and then just carried on the same conversation in this one. To be honest, in a way, time has moved so strangely that we probably could do that and it would feel the same. Although in a weird way, 2020 also feels like 10 years ago. Yes. It feels like yesterday and 10 years ago all at the same time. Indeed. How was it 2022? That's a good question. In fact, how was it April 2022, almost May, when January 2022 lasted fucking seven million years? (laughs) Like, January was an age, and then all of a sudden... February sped by, like, ridiculously. Some kind of weird time dilation effect. Talking of the year, I was thinking that the other day. I I feel like I haven't even fully, what's the word, acknowledged or absorbed the fact that we're in the 20s. I almost feel like I was still grappling with the fact that we were in the the 20 teens. And then all of a sudden... It was like so many events were happening around the time of 2020 that taking into account the fact that we had now entered this new decade was so low down the list of priorities. I feel like I've never heard anyone call it the 20 teens. The 20 teens? Did you just make that up? That's what you need if you're going to make a... um... (laughs) I'm not even going to finish that joke. I don't think you should. No, I'm not going to. You're always making controversial jokes. I'm I'm very controversial. Too controversial. I'm going to get cancelled, start a Patreon, an alt-right Patreon, and that's how you cash in. Oh, God. The mainstream media wanted to silence me, fans. There's been a lot of that going on. But only you can give me (laughs) $9.99 a month to continue my crusade against, you know. There's been a lot of that happening. Misogyny or whatever. It's a good racket if you can get it. Yeah, and we can get it, baby. I don't even know what we've been, what we talked about in the last podcast. It's been no, of course not. It's been so. Let's talk about that. That's a good place to start this episode. Okay, we've had a hiatus. We had a breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) I've been away. I've been in a recuperation (laughs) facility. They call it. I was drinking cucumber water. In a lounger outside by the pool. Um, I haven't left my house. They gave me electroshock therapy. In two years. Sure. Word to Requiem for a Dream on that one. No. You've not seen it, so you don't know. But it's a horrifying scene. That is a spoiler. What is No, yes, you did. I've it's not, not really a spoiler, but there's a horrifying... I haven't seen it yet. Um, what do they call it? ECT? Electroshock yeah, yeah, therapy yeah. or whatever? Electroconvulsive therapy or whatever? Yeah, there's a horrifying scene in Requiem for the... Don't spoil it. It's not a spoiler. Excuse me, Mr. Fucking Spoiler Police over here. You are on at me all the time about spoiling things. How I had to put like 800 spoiler warnings for things. And you have just spoiled something that you know I am planning to watch. You're not planning to watch it, And I know that it's though. like ha- fucking 20 years late. But I am watching it. I'm just waiting for the right time. You can't be happy when you watch it. I know that. But That's you true. can't be too depressed. And the the uh, if anyone knows me, they know I am a person of extremes. That's true. And so I'm very rarely in the middle. And so, you know, 
I have yet to find my sweet spot for Requiem for a Dream. That's true. It is one of those films that really exemplifies the idea of, you know, when you watch a film and you just think, I'm glad I watched it, but I never, there was yeah. nothing that could possibly compel me to watch it again. Yeah. You could get the thumb screws on me and I'm still not rewatching that yeah. film. It's just so, so devastating and so... This is what I hear. You just feel black Which afterwards. You feel like you me... want to crawl into a hole and just absorb all the horror and despair of the world. Hearing something is that dark makes me want to watch it. <laughs> well, for you, it's kind of a cathartic thing. Yeah, you don't like to watch sad, fucked up things. No. I do. I seek those things out for... We've talked about this before. I seek those things out for catharsis and also just to drown out my own brain. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't do that. You don't get any joy from that, really. Need you to put your, push your microphone down. Oh, okay. Have I started sliding down already? Okay, now. Yeah, I don't know. For you, you can kind of use it like a tool. And I don't know. I'm more of a vulnerable little flower. And I absorb all the emotion of it. I do as well. But I use it. You can kind of quarantine the emotion that you get from fucked up films like that and use it as a catalyst for your own emotion. Yeah. Whereas uh, for me, it kind of just is a, you know, it's like a counterfeit version of my real emotions. Yeah. I watch a sad film and then I feel sad even though mm. it's based on nothing. It's like a simulacra of, of emotion. Yes. I am also a really good compartmentalizer. That's true. In certain 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 situations yeah. yeah yeah so i just haven't watched it yet so um, just had a thousand yard stare i did <laughs> i was picturing it i always see like images and stuff of it and i'm like i know i've seen like several really big scenes in pictures of it but i you know once you watch the film, you'll finally know what ass to ass is from. That's what that's from? Yep. Oh. And then you'll be in the club too. Also, to be honest, I can't stomach Jared Leto right now. He's really oh, fucking pissing yeah. me off. Although, I feel like this is when he was this regular Jared Leto who was actually, like, good. He wasn't like, I'm off my rocker. Where'd you put my feet, Jared Leto? Do you know what I mean? He was just regular, like, oh, you're actually sort of like... We talked about that the other day, how he's one of those guys who seemed like he had so much promise. He seemed like he might be the next big, impressive Daniel Day-Lewis-style actor. I don't know what Daniel Day-Lewis... I just mean in the sense that he was a serious actor who took really difficult, challenging roles, and he threw himself into them. Yeah. He had that aura already, and then it just kind of slowly unraveled. I, I think you're getting a wrong read on him. But Jared yeah. Leto, he had a yeah. lot of buzz around him originally. Yeah, a lot of buzz, but I don't know about that. I don't know about all that. I'm not saying he was going to be the next Daniel Day-Lewis, this once-in-a-generation actor. I'm just saying he was a serious actor that people took seriously. No, he was trying to be a serious actor, and he had one role that people... Gave him you only like say that because you don't know his filmography. Yes, I do. What do you know? What have you seen him in? I saw him in 
Jared Leto 2, The Jared Leightoning. Kenny, if you weren't around for Jordan Catalano... I wasn't. You don't get to speak on this, okay? That sounds like such a made-up name. It is a made-up name. I guess that's true. Yes. All names are made up. All names are made up. That's true. Okay, let's move past him. Okay. Let's talk about the hiatus. I can't believe it's been a year and a half since we did the last episode. Yeah. That's nuts. We didn't go away on purpose. No. We were kidnapped. (laughs) By our cat. Uh Huh? Who else have we seen? That's true. Besides our mothers. Our mothers? Our mothers. Um... Yeah. Yeah. We've been incognito. Incognito. Yeah, so I feel like, yeah, we didn't do it on purpose. Um, Things just got crazy. <laughs> that sounds so sinister We didn't nefarious. do it on purpose. I felt like there was that initial, like, it was just the pandemia. <laughs> just got crazy. You know? Look. I love that you just coined that on the fly. Like, it is what it is. People, <laughs> look, There's a, there are two people in this world, two types of people. There are the people that think the pandemic is over, and then there are the normal people who know that it's not. The realists. And we are the people who know that it's not, who know there, there are still, like, thousands of people, you know, dying or whatever, and still operating as if it's still going on. And the podcast was just not a priority. Sure, that's true. That's not what. That's not necessarily the main reason why we didn't do it, though. What do you mean? We were caught yes, up I in the, the the pandemia, as you the pandemia depression. That's true. Yes, is what I mean. It did I kind implied of... it, and sure. other things. The priorities shifted as in like when you staying did, alive became yeah. uppermost and when you did function yeah this is true that you chose maybe one thing to do or two things to do and the podcast was not those yeah, things this is true know? we were definitely in a a funk yes for that time it just seemed so it was hard to work up because the podcast is a light-hearted outlet for us and yeah. when there's so much sadness and horror swirling around and you're constantly reading, I mean, there's it's re-emerged now with the Ukraine war, but it was different then in the sense that it was like this omnipresent global uh. despair that you were imbibing every day that you looked at the headlines. And we just couldn't work up the frivolity mm. to record a silly podcast episode. But there were also some other things going on. Yeah. That I okay. Do you want to do you want to go into that? You want to talk about your, you know, your experience. Um, peyote out in Joshua Tree. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking. You had that ego death, that transformative (laughs) psychedelic voyage. You're looking at me with knowing eyes. What did I do instead? I don't know. I forgot. You started. (laughs) You started OnlyFans. No, I didn't. It doesn't have to be sexual on OnlyFans, I'll have you know. You could be given uh, pottery lessons. Yeah. If I did, I'd be telling you the link so you could go and give me some money. Sure. But I didn't. Um, what did I do? I sent out more, even more queries. I mentioned this, I'm sure, in the last ones, that I was querying my 
novel. I finally finished my book. We talked about this because because I know we talked about it because I finished it at the beginning of 2020 and we were doing podcasts up until like October. So I know I would have talked about it because I like to talk about myself. And how dare we on our own personal private podcast? Oh my god, it's password protected. Yeah, and uh, the password is Samani Jani and Rijas. Now they know. I do sometimes think we could have a sister know. podcast where we play different roles. You're Samani Jani and I'm Rajaz. And, and we're like doppelgangers. I don't know. We'd just be much sillier, much more heightened. I think the thing is, we are much sillier than we are on the podcast in real, in real life. This is real life. Sure. But I think sometimes it doesn't come out it's hard as much because yeah. we want it to come out but like it's hard like it's hard to get around the fact that there is a microphone in my face even though like, i'm just sitting in my living room and there isn't actually anyone on the other end do you know what i mean so <laughs> it's not a tin can on the string yeah. it's not like i don't actually know for sure that anyone will listen and so like I don't know why your personality just slightly changed. It's really strange. There's also, we are anxious. I don't know why that came out so weird. <laughs> we are anxious. We are anxious creatures. And that also yeah. gets triggered when we sit down to record. Yeah, it does. It's hard like to... today we said we were going to do it and I was like, no, what if I'm not like cool? What if I'm not cool enough? What if I'm not like For Jordan cool? Catalano. But I re that. Hurt me deep. He's going to become a serious that, thespian in time, don't you worry. That was like the basis of my whole personality when I was like 13. I need to be cool enough to get my own Jordan Catalano. Do I fit the bill? Don't you know? I don't yes, know anything about him. of course. Him. You are my Jordan Catalano. I don't, don't you I, know? I'm going to reserve judgment on whether that's a compliment or not. It, it, well, not anymore because he's trash, but like... But his character is... Exists and no, it's... his character was cool back then. No, but you know I'm saying his character is in... different than the actor. Yeah, when you watch it now, your adult eyes, you realize not so much. But when you're a teenager, you realize. I mean, you you're in love. Sure. You, you also realize that he was like 23 and Claire Danes was 13, and I'm like, hmm. why did they do that? I see. <laughs> That's why did they do that? That was kind of the thing. That's so weird. Back then. And they're, like, full-on, like, tongue in each other. I guess if they just kiss... Well, even still, it's... it's 13? Yeah, no, it is horrendously creepy. Yeah. Didn't... We, we, we watched Romeo and Juliet, and didn't you tell me that she is way younger in that? She's, like, 15, I think, by then, but Leo's older than 18. And as we know, that is a predilection that Maybe Leo would carry throughout the rest yeah, of his yeah. life. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna maybe talk a little mm. about he's, some stuff. He's hanging out the high school, shopping for dates at the high school. <laughs> what high school? The high school. The high school. The high school. The Los Angeles high school <laughs> mascot. A, no, an angel. You lost it, didn't you? Know. You lost it. The city of angels. There is a high school called Hollywood High School. I'm oh, pretty God. sure. Um, I don't know what to say now. 
Oh, yeah. So I was like, am I going to be cool? Should we do it? Because I do know I'm going to be cool. I love your little shoulder, Shimmy. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> I, I am. Yeah, yeah I am going to be cool. Always, without uh, having to try. Yeah. Effortlessly cool. Effortlessly cool. The Sam Rosie story. No. <laughs> Admit it. Um, I don't know what our original point was now. We went way around the houses, so... We're talking about various reasons why we were on hiatus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, oh, yeah I was querying my book. Yes. Um, Do you so, want to explain what that means? I don't think... That's oh, like okay. jargon that most people don't... You know what I want to say to people? Sometimes I feel like I really want to like explain this to people because sometimes I feel like people I know or like talk to online maybe and they hear that like i'm querying my book or i'm still querying my book or i'm not getting any like yeses or whatever um and i and i wonder what they think about it and i think to myself like do they think like um why is it taking why does it take this long why are there no yeses yet do you know what i mean i'm thinking what do people think about this and Obviously, there's a little bit there of, like, why do you feel the need to, like, justify it? Um, Well, everyone wants to succeed. No one wants to be seen as, like, a failure or whatever. And I don't feel like a failure. Obviously, I have had, like, I have struggled with that a little bit lately of, like, feeling like a little bit of a failure because it hasn't happened yet. But I I, I know deep down I haven't failed Look, at the end of the day, trying to become a, a writer in the traditional like publishing sense is like trying to become famous in the traditional sense. Not trying to become a YouTuber or a TikToker. Trying to get, like, forget social media, if social media was a thing. Trying to become famous and get, like, become, like, a Hollywood A-list star in like a Hollywood A-list movie like it's like that in a sense it's not like trying to get a regular job because you have to send out queries which is like a job application to an agent so not even a publisher an agent and there are only like several hundred agents in the world that could represent your particular book. Depending on the genre. At any given time. Yeah. Depending on the genre. The market, the market that it's aiming for, etc., yeah. etc. Et and so several agents to cover that whole genre at that whole time for that whole year. And those agents perhaps will only take on four clients a year. Or something, you know, anywhere between like four and ten clients a year. They aren't taking on any more than that. They're not taking on 20, 30, 50 clients a year. They're taking on a very small amount of clients a year. And then they might only take on a few more each year. And that's it. Once they say no to you, they say no to you. You have to then query them with a new book or you have to rewrite your book, it's done then once they say no. And if they say no, you can try to go directly to publishers, 
but there are like 80% less because publishers don't tend to take manuscripts if you don't have an agent and they take even less so do you see what I'm see what I'm trying to say yeah. like it's very few and they take very few clients a year and it's you know it's timing it's luck and then it's talent yes like, exactly so it's very long odds to begin with and you also only get one shot at it yes per book yes if that person says no because they have already taken on someone with the same that year they've already taken on someone with the same type of book as yours that's it it's not because your book is shit or because they don't like your writing necessarily it's because they might have already taken on someone who has a similar idea yeah and if your book is sort of niche i mean my book is not niche in that like women's fiction with that you know deals with like mental health or whatever it's not necessarily niche but what is mainstream right now is ya fantasy you know thriller crime etc so in a way my market is way smaller so you know there's so many factors outside of your control you're already applying for a yes from a middleman which is already a hair raising experience because you have so little control and you have so little understanding of the criteria they are using on that particular day to decide what they're going to say yes to. Like you said, there's so many other things that you just can't account for. Do they or are they already representing someone who's doing something similar? Did they get burned by doing that in the past? And now they've sworn it off for a certain amount of time, et cetera, et cetera. And so, yeah, it's, it's, you, it's always a, a crazy making position to be in where you have to get someone else to say yes for you to be able to do the thing that you want to yeah. do. It's a horrible position to be in. And annoyingly, really annoyingly for me, <laughs> it took me years to write this book. And then what did I go and do? I went and fucking finished it at the beginning of 2020 and then a pandemic happened and it fucked everything. Like, selfishly, it just fucked everything because it slowed all the work down. People take even less clients and... They take longer to review submissions. Yeah, the market has changed. All the, like, some of the rules have changed People want completely different things now, um, you know. There's a, there's just a lot of different factors, um, yeah. So, obviously, I can keep at it. There's always going to be new agents popping up here, there, and everywhere. And sometimes you can resubmit to, like, different agents at the agency. But there are places that are, like... If one agent says no, you can't reapply to the agency. It's like a no from the agency. But it's such a long process that it took me up until the end of 2021 to apply to several hundred agents. Sure. So, and get all the responses. Yeah. And I did have a couple of people ask for my manuscript. Um, 
And in the end, they ended up passing. But that was really great. So, yeah, so I was doing a lot of that. A lot, a lot of that. Which is very, A, time-consuming, and B, emotionally taxing. Yeah, because you wake up to rejection emails every day. What's interesting (laughs) about this whole thing is that, given that we are both writers, and we we both not finished our books in the same time period, but I finished my book first and then you finished yours. Mm. So I went through this whole experience before you. Yeah. And so I'm able to kind of relate and empathize in a deeper way than I otherwise would be able to. And I know exactly what that's like. I remember waking up. Yeah. I sometimes remember waking up in the middle of the night, which is, I I don't often sleep straight through the night anyway to begin with, and just bleary-eyed, glancing at my phone picking it up squinting at the brightness and seeing that there were a couple of emails from that were clearly from either agents or later i applied to publishers directly and you have that moment of like someone is like drag racing down yes, the street in the middle of the night jolly good even the cat rudy's little head has popped <laughs> up he's like what is this nonsense you love to see it um racing their little Ford focuses. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say with the <laughs> with a spoiler with attached, spo- <laughs> yeah, with like gaudy rims on it. Jesus oh, God. Christ, hideous. Yeah, with a tribal band around the car. All right, enough of that. Jesus, um, good grief. Good grief, good indeed. Grief. Absolutely, these youngsters, <laughs> these ruffians. The, no, yes. you, the these ne'er do wells. The youths. These scoff laws. <laughs> so yeah you have that mo- that decision point in the middle of the night sometimes where you know if you open the emails and they're all no's which they almost certainly will be yeah just because of the odds that's the other thing you've got to remember if you submit to hundreds of agents hundreds of publishers even if you get a yes you're still going to have to go through hundreds of no's yeah, yeah. that's just part of the game so anyway you have to decide whether you're going to open them and then it's so crushing and so disappointing that getting to back to sleep is so difficult at that point. I had to tell you, if you remember, to stop opening them in the middle of the night. Yeah. Because it, I was just like, especially if we, you know, you, you're of that mind thinking that they are going to be no's. Just, just save, get your night's sleep and then save them for the morning. Stop opening them in the middle of the night. That's easier said than done. I know, it's so hard because you have that moment still of thinking it could be the yes. And for that moment when you open the, for that split second that it yes. takes to open the email, you're like, your heart is in your throat and it's like, it's got, what if it, what if this is the yes? It's so exciting. It is so exciting, but then so crushing when it says, you know, unfortunately. And sometimes it will literally just say, it won't even say, hello, <laughs> dear Samantha. It will literally just say, that's a no from me. Dog. Nothing else. <laughs> nothing else sure. in the email. It won't even be capitalized or have a full stop at the end. That's a no for That's me. disrespectful. It is. Sometimes, I deserve at least punctuation. And sometimes they're clearly doing it in the middle of the night and they're trying to get through as many query submissions as possible and they're just fucking shooting them out. Mm. And the thing is, 
the rejections are shit, but you also just don't get replies from from loads as well. I go through my list. I have like a big master document of like my responses and like who's responded and who hasn't responded. And there's like loads that just don't respond. And, um, Which is so breathtakingly disrespectful like, and rude. Because yeah, because the standard the standards are. You can get a form email, which is just a standard copy and paste of, unfortunately, this is not for me. Keep keep we, trying. We wish you the best yeah. in your future endeavours. And then there's one that has, like, slightly, that looks like it's been tailored to you, but is also still a form email. Sure. And then there's one that has a little tiny bit of feedback, a sentence or two of feedback. I literally have had one email with feedback. That's it. One out of hundreds. One email. And it's so embarrassing how much that means to you when you get yeah. those emails. Just someone acknowledging that they read it and it had an impact on them yeah. and they had thoughts about it. Yeah. When you get deluged with those, like you said, standard form emails, mm. those aren't bad in the sense that it kind of dulls the sting of it because you're just reading yeah. this, you know. But then when someone goes the extra effort to add an extra few lines about what they thought about it, it you do feel embarrassed about how yeah. how much that means to you. Because that's all you have, especially if you don't have, like, beta readers and stuff. We read each other's and we edit each other's, so we have each other's. Don't use fanfic terms we... on the podcast. <laughs> no, they, they use that in regular fiction no. too. But we don't use, like, other people, really, to read. So we don't get feedback from, like, you know, various other people. So they are kind of the first people who the are reading people. it besides us. Yeah. But anyway, so that makes it Oh, just one, one more thing about that. You were talking about the, the condescending kind of keep keep up the good fight. You'll get there eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had so much of that. And it's so eye-rolling yeah. and just... I mean, I appreciate the sentiment behind it. But... And I remember one in particular... Some guy said something along the... He mentioned the fact that I f this this was part of a this wasn't personalized for me. It was I think it might have even been what popped up on the screen when you submitted through because sometimes you email them and sometimes you submit via a form oh, on their man. website. I think when you clicked submit on it, if I remember correctly, it showed you it was a message from them and it said something along the lines of it quoted some factoid about how HP Lovecraft submitted however many yeah, hundreds yeah, yeah. of times before he finally got published. And like I said, I appreciate what they're trying to do with that, but it does come off so patronizing in the moment. And yeah. also, with that particular instance, I also happen to know that H.P. Lovecraft, although he did get a few pieces of work published in his lifetime, he essentially died as a, uh, he died in obscurity. Oh, okay. He had never found a proper readership or a proper um, patron in a, in a publisher that that kept putting his work out mm. so he died basically as someone who wasn't able to make it as a writer and that's the guy who you're holding yeah. up to me as look you could be like this guy but he eventually figured it out no he didn't he didn't, he didn't dude he didn't that's the Buy point my art while i'm alive you fucks yep yeah i want to be appreciated in my own time yes. um but yeah so that's why it's all the more annoying when they don't send the the copy and paste like standard form email in, retu in return if it's rejection because it would take two seconds surely there's a program they can use yes. to like you know but anyway 
I just got a rejection email from 2020 a few days ago. You mean that you submitted it to them yeah, in 2020? Yeah, I submitted it in 2020 and I just got a rejection email a few days ago. Um, and they did say in it, they were like, I'm so terribly sorry it's taking me so... It's funny that they apologised so emphatically, even though they were rejecting me, which is funny. Um, and in my head I was like, since this rejection is so late, or since this email is so late, maybe it's a yes... So that made it all the more shit that it was a no. The ways you amp yourself yeah, up yeah, in, yeah. in your mind. You're so effervescent with excitement when you mm. see that email come into your inbox. It's like scratching off a scratch card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could potentially change my life and forever. And you get the two. And you get the two. Yeah, you get the two think, bells yeah, yeah. and you're scratching off the last panel and you're like, motherfucker, it's a goddamn anvil. I cried like every time I got a rejection email. For like the first hundred or something. Do you remember? Like I would cry. Of course. No, I'm laughing at the first hundred. Because that gives you an idea of the scale of submission you have to do. I cried like after almost every one. And when I... And when I got my... um, That first time someone asked... Because the first time someone asks for more, that's like a semi-yes... Not quite. No, it is. It's, <laughs> it's like a sign of interest. Sa- yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like someone saying, um, they're not saying no. They're saying yes. They say they're taking you a first step into the in the pro. They're interested. Don't diminish. You just diminished. It's not a semi. Here yes, live though. on the podcast. <laughs> no, it is. It's it's. I meant it's a first step in the pro in the process. That's true. It's not a no. And that was my first semi-yes. That's how I'm deciding to put it. And you will not diminish what I've just said. I don't mean to rain on your parade. I'm sorry. Yeah. So that was my first semi-yes. I'll say it again. (laughs) I know, apparently. Emphatically. (laughs) Hey, we don't use gender language like that on the podcast. (laughs) Bitch, it's not binary. Don't quote something we just watched. How dare you? (laughs) Um... Yeah, and... Um, We're going to have to pay royalties. That's copyrighted never. material. No, no, no. FX are going to be yeah, sending lawyers to our door. FX, I knew you were going to FX fearless. Every time before the episode. It's like, there's no... What What does that mean? There's no X in fearless. What the fuck are you talking about? What am I talking about? Oh, yeah, when I got that... Oh, yeah, that woman. That woman... Um, I was so excited I was like it was so early in the process it was like my first 50 submissions or something or even less than that and I was like oh my god it's it's happening it's like happening the way people said it was going to happen you know <laughs> and um, I waited like the month or two or however long it takes her to read it. Well, you should say they asked you to submit either the because you when you make your first yeah, yeah, query when you make your first query usually they it, usually ask for the first chapter or the first three chapters yeah. or the first 10,000 words. They they just want the first yeah. chunk of your manuscript. Sometimes it's just a query letter. Yes, that's but true. Occasionally it's like send us, automatically send us a little bit. But then once you get the nibble on the bait, they ask you to send the full manuscript. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ask you to send the full or sometimes it's like 50 pages or something, depending on whatever. And so I sent it along, and I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And then 
eventually while I was waiting I was like trying not to get my hopes up but I was like this could be it this could be it but then eventually when she was like I'm gonna have to pass kind of thing that's all she said as well no feedback that's brutal no feedback not like I love this is what I liked or not liked and this is why I'm turning it down it was I'm going to have to pass that was literally it and I had like a mini breakdown because I had got my hopes up mm. and I shouldn't have, but I did because, you know, it was my first time or whatever and it fucking sucked. Of course. It fucking sucked. Oh, my God. I thought it was going to be it. It destroys you. I thought you. it was going to be it. Once that rug gets pulled out from under you, yeah. man. Yeah. I had some close calls like that as well where people asked for more material. Yeah. I remember even when I, after, you know, many untold hundreds of agents had said no to me. Yeah. God, this experience will really inure you to rejection for yeah. life. Once you've had that scale of rejection, yeah. the sting of it is dulled significantly, believe me. Well, I don't, it's not for me, really, but... Well, that's how I, I feel. What is a rite of passage you have to go through as a writer? I know what you mean, but it still stings for me. No, it still stings. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, it's not a full anesthetic, but I do feel numb to it significantly more than I, than I was. I guess I do in the sense that. Don't step on my point that I'm about to make. Go on, go on, go on. When I then submitted to small independent publishers. I remember I got one email from this this really interesting looking. Um, they were a very small outfit. You could tell it was just like you know a small team that were putting out things, and they had like a very close relationship to to their office. So it was the type of place I would have really liked to end up. They sent me an email, a really like a long email, because usually, as like you said, it's usually yeah. just a one paragraph thing. Mm. So much so that when you open the email, you can tell instantly whether it's a yes or no just by the size of the yeah. text. Just the body of the email, just looking at it visually tells you everything you need to know. But anyway, I got an email from them and it was, you know, whatever, like seven or eight paragraphs. And instantly that your heart starts racing. Yep. You think there, there's something here. There must be something here. No yep. one sends eight paragraphs to say no. Yeah. But I read it and it started off so good. They said something along the lines of, we were so excited when we read the premise of your book. Uh, and I mean, seriously, really, really excited. We were like pumped up to read it. And I'm like, okay, this is good. This is good. And then gradually over the course of the email, <laughs> they slowly start putting a couple more pinpricks in that balloon. And then by the end of it, it's kind of like, so yeah, for those reasons, um, we just don't think it's quite for us. And that's even worse because that's someone saying that they've read the the synopsis of your book and fell in love with it, and then they actually read it and it didn't sell it. Yeah, sell them on it. So that's yeah. that's even more of a gut punch in yeah, a way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's something that you have to deal with. But people are turned off by things for the weirdest reasons. You only have to read like either those lists or like Reddit threads of like what pet peeve do you have what makes you stop reading a book instantly what will make you not pick up a book what about a synopsis or a book cover or a book title or whatever will make you not want to read a book and it's like the weirdest most like random shit you'll ever think of. and this is talking about agents no no anyone oh. well they have it for them for agents well, as well the preferences of the general public are not relevant no okay? i know but what i'm saying is 
agents are just people. They no. are just people. They're an elite cadre they- of book <laughs> <laughs> analyzers who can see the talent in, in between the lines. They are just meant to be, they are obviously meant to be like, you know, these professional like people who like know exactly what they're doing and they've been to like school for this and they have all these years of experience. How do you go for school? But like it's funny, like I went on this agent's Twitter the other day and I was looking at this person's tweet um Twitter and I'm just like I don't want you to be my agent. Wow. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like do you know what I mean though? Okay. Like this is just a person and What did you expect? Well what do you expect? Exactly. Yeah. So you know, like people are turned off for the weirdest shit, and so in Imagine a way, if you got, someone said yes to you, and then you went on their Twitter, and it was all like hashtag Stop the Steal, hashtag MAGA twenty twenty four. Oh my god! What a strange oh predicament that what you're in. Well, I've had to go on people's Twitters before because you know sometimes you go on agencies and there's only like two, two agents, and you have to choose between the one agent, and it's like sometimes it's like easy because. Only one of them will, is applicable based Don't on what they Don't even get take. me started on the bios that they put on their, oh, yeah, on yeah. the websites. <laughs> Makes but, you want to pull your hair out and throw it at them. Some, but some agencies will have like 15 agents and you have to choose which agent. And f- crazily, there will actually be a lot that's applicable to you, but you can only choose one. And a few times I've had a really hard time narrowing it down because several have been applicable to me. And so the only thing that I've been able to decide is they have their Twitter page listed for you to like, you know, you do all this research meant to go on their manuscript wish list, their Twitter page. So I've gone on these things and that's what's decided it. I've gone on their Twitter and I've gone, is this the person or is this the person? And you basically have to judge it based on like what they seem like, what they like, what type of books they like or whatever what their interests are but yeah if you went on and they were like you know it'd be difficult <clears throat> it'd be real difficult <laughs> because difficult in a sense they're just you an agent is just a middleman between you and a publisher yeah. but you ha- that's what you have to remember in a way i was gonna say it's not personal because it's not about you but actually you have to remember that it is personal it's about their personal preference whether they whether they are doing it consciously or not. Mm. It's about, that's why they have manuscript wish lists. It's what they're into at the time. Yes, they're basing it on what's good for the market, what's in right now. Well, YA fantasy books are in right now with dragons and all this shit. Yes, that's in. But also, you know what I also really like? Like witches and like, I also really like, I also want it to be like erotic. Like, do you know what I mean? So they do put their own desires in there as well. Um, well, they've got to be passionate about what they're trying to sell. Yes, to be exactly. Fair. But so many of them all like the same mm. thing. They all like the same fucking <sighs> thing. Yeah. And it's overwhelmingly the same type of person. It's overwhelmingly white. It's overwhelmingly female. Oh, yeah, for sure. And... This is probably, the, like, you want to talk about a female-dominated yeah, field? Yeah, yeah, Oh, my God. Yeah. You go on these agents' websites, and it's a 15-person staff, and they're all Ooh, female. All female, yeah, yeah. I mean, bravo. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy for you. It's just very striking. Yeah. But it's overwhelmingly one type of person. Mm. One 
Yeah, and they all like the same shit. They all want, like, historical romance. (laughs) They want, like, the Jane Austen and the fucking, you know. And they all want these YA fantasy books. Mm. And it's just, you know. I know. It's it's dispiriting. Yeah. But it's a process you have to go through. I remember you've done it in kind of a drawn out way where when you feel up to it and i understand because yeah, it's a, yeah. it's not fun oh yeah i am not embarrassed to say that i sorry for stepping on your thingy i'm not embarrassed to say that i don't do it every day okay go on i did it the opposite way mm-hmm. i wanted to just get it all done in one go so i spent literally three or four weeks straight just every day pretty much every day yeah waking up from the crack of dawn to when i lay my head on the pillow i was just going through agents websites just submitting putting together because obviously you get your query letter ready beforehand and then that you yeah, just send to everyone yeah, yeah. but then each aid what makes it so time consuming is for some reason i will never understand <laughs> this i don't I don't get why you wouldn't standardize this across the industry to make it so much easier for Mm. submitters. But each agency will have their own requirements for what they want you to send and how they want you to send it and in what file format. And so then you have to tailor, okay, this person wants the first three chapters and it has to be in a Microsoft Word document and it has to be named this. But then this person wants you to to paste the first 10,000 words of your story into, into the, the body, body of, of the email. email. Oh, yeah. God, it is a drag. Yeah, there's like, I found that overwhelmingly that most people want you to paste it. You you said that for your genre, it's attachments. Yeah, mostly attachments. Most people, agents I came across, want you to paste it. But yeah, it's anywhere from just the query, query and synopsis, first chapter, three chapters, 50 50. Um, thousand words the full manuscript um, and also a two-page plot synopsis yeah the full synopsis which is a page or two pages Um, and then let's please let's talk about the forms the questions on the forms (laughs) what is the thing now is (sighs) that on the agency website instead of emailing them and sending all this stuff they just have these forms that you fill in and then you attach files to them but on these forms there are questions oh there's questions and they have all these extra questions oh there's extra so questions it's like <laughs> so the normal questions will be like what market what audience do you what age range do you think your book would be and aimed at you put at? that in your query letter mm. anywhere you say i think this would be like 18 to 34 or 18 to whatever um or if it's adult or you know and then they'll have you know another obvious one is um what comps do you think your books your book would be so what compare your book to other books so then you'd name three books that you think your book would be like those are the obvious ones. Yes, these make sense. These they're make annoying, sense. but they make sense. But they make sense. However, then sometimes they want to be fun because they're fun. They're yeah, fun people. They want to be quirky. They're fun loving, just silly. like you. They're wacky. <laughs> they get you. They get the youth, the youths. So you get questions like, "What Harry Potter house would you be sorted into by the oh sorting God, hat? Yes. What starter Pokemon would you have picked in Pokemon Green?" Um. <laughs> If you were a type of dipping sauce, what dipping sauce would you be? You know, I had in a um, 
I, the two questions I had in a form, I didn't even fill it in. <laughs> I just, I put it in my maybe list. Right. I put it in my maybe list. I'm turning you down. I'm turning you down. Um, Talk about choosy bakers. <laughs> <laughs> it was, one was, go to the bookstore, take a picture of the shelf. Oh, my God. You think your book would be on. And attach the picture. During a pandemic. Yes. For shame. For shame. The WHO looks down on you. <laughs> the who looks down on you. Who are you? <laughs> who, 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 who? I really want to know. Who? <laughs> do, 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 yeah. And then the CSI episode starts. Okay. I loved CSI. I had the CSI game. It was just amazing. It was a whole thing. Anyway. Yeah. Just like... When you read those questions, it's so... I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it friendly and light. But when you're submitting to 20 to 30 agents a day and you're trying to do it as fast and as as economically as possible, when you have to to think about that extra stuff and spend time making up these stupid bullshit answers. But also it makes you think they're going to refuse (sighs) you based on the answers. Mm. And that's like some bullshit. I even had things where um, on one form, the woman was like, what's an album you recently listened to that really moved you? And then you start to second guess yourself and think, what it, album could I say that would make make me yeah. seem cool? Yeah, you want to yeah, give yeah, off a yeah. certain impression yes, of yourself. Yes, yes, and you and that that anxiety about how you're perceived yeah. is so taxing, and it just makes you yeah. crazy. And the second question on this new form was, what would your marketing plan for your book be? And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm applying to you. This was a publisher not an agent, you, a traditional publisher, so you can Mm. market my book. (laughs) If I wanted to self-publish, I would self-publish. What do I need you for if I'm marketing the book? Yes, that's one of the main reasons you Mm. go to a traditional publisher, so that they can help you with that. Oh, dude. Because I don't know and I don't have the resources. Of course. You're going to that. That's why you're giving them a split of the profits. Yes. Because they are doing part of the work yes. that you can't do for yourself. Yeah. What about when they ask you how many followers you have on, I was on just social media? Mailed. That's the thing I was just thinking So you of. want me to already have an audience that I can sell directly to. Then why do I, what do I need you for? Yeah. If I already had an audience, I would self-publish. Mm. That's something that's really like annoyed me doing all my research about this. I've had a couple of places say, like, agents, not even publishers, agents, say on their agency website about you having to have a platform. Oh, boy. I'm like, no, absolutely no, absolutely not a fucking chance. (laughs) It's so disheartening. And, like, sometimes this is another thing I see about, like, um, sometimes when people ask me questions about, the process they're like well you could always why don't you self-publish you could self-publish i'm like i could yeah but depending on what you want out of self-publishing for me right now i don't have a big enough platform for that to be something 
I want to I want my book to be out there because I want lots of people to read it. And if I self-publish, lots of people aren't going to read it. So, you know, you have to, in order to be successful, usually, obviously there's like those, you know. Outliers. Rare cases where your book will still be found on Amazon or whatever. Um, It's just not going to be seen. And that's going to be heartbreaking for Mm. me. After I just spent six years writing it and two years querying it. That's a third of my life. Okay, that's aging me mm. down a bit, but that's a third of my life. The math ain't muffin, <laughs> as Johnny would that's like to say. a quarter of my life. Yeah, that's a tenth of my life. <laughs> hey. Um, I get what you're saying. But yeah, so the forms, man. The forms. They're real funny. I put... I, go on. I was, no, you go on. Cause finish this and then I've got something else to say. For my comps... Just to give you an idea about my book for future, um, I put what did I put? I put um, what did I put? I put new moon meets girl interrupted meets my mad fat diary. Interesting. It's a good range. Good range. Good range. Talking about the bios on agency websites like you said it's often the case where under their submission guidelines it will say you can only submit to one agent and sometimes it will say if you get a no you can then resubmit but you're usually not going to remember so you know you've only got one chance so then you have to go on their i remember their individual <laughs> johnny remembers <laughs> I, re- I read the message to one agent like four times one agency oh, wow. like four times because they have like 15 agents and you can resubmit sure that's smart But then you have to go to their agent's page where they have all their individual bios and you have to read through and try to get a good grasp of which one is the best bet for you. However, as we've said before, sometimes the lust for whimsy enters their delicate little (laughs) hearts. And instead of putting what is the useful information, for example, hi, my name's Jane and I'm really into game of thrones style epic fantasy and i'm interested in representing um poc authors from underprivileged backgrounds etc etc instead of just putting the most important information you would need to know in order to make an intelligent selection sometimes they put hi i'm jane and i've got a hairless sphinx cat and i'm into collecting pogs from the 80s (laughs) and my favorite food is chocolate fudge cake and etc etc and i really love the latest series of fleabag and you read through it and there's no applicable information for you as an author to decide whether this person would be a good receptacle for your novel except the game of thrones thing right no that was in the first example oh yeah i guess yeah are you just zoning out no i thought they were not paying attention no i am you're filing your nails (laughs) you're working on your taxes you're, I don't pay taxes. You're brushing up on your Latin. You have to pay taxes on OnlyFans. Hey, I told you not to tell anyone about that. Well, we already talked about it earlier in the podcast. <laughs> like we said, it's non-sexual, non-nude. It's non-nude? It's just movement. It's not not nude. It's the art of dance. Really, he has an OnlyFans, and this is just his way of, you know, hmm. deflecting. I guess. 
So yeah, it's very frustrating that they don't. It just you just feel like you're wasting my time. Mm. I I would appreciate it if you would do me the courtesy of respecting my time. You, you know, <laughs> you should know what it's what it, what it feels like for your authors when they're submitting. You should talk to them, get a sense of the frustration and the yeah. the, the in, immense um, time expenditure it, you have to be willing to do to to go through the submission process and to submit to hundreds of agents and you should be respectful of that because otherwise it comes off feeling like you just don't you don't care i understand you want us to know your qualifications the school you went to what you studied all this blah 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 that lasts a million pages for you to explain it to us and just the journey you went on to do that and then all this added shit that you just said but nowhere does it say what they're looking for and what they're not looking for and you're looking on the whole website and you're like what is this and then you get rejected and it's like because they're not looking for adult fiction and it's like but you didn't say that anywhere on your website it's so maddening do you want to talk about where you are in the process right now as you yawn (laughs) <laughs> at an inopportune moment like, a johnny special i was trying to yawn really quickly i said i'm gonna yawn again now that you've talked about truly it. a classic of the johnny genre which is a phrase that just rolls off the tongue i don't know whatever you mean okay where am i in the process i saw your uvula no you and didn't. i'm gonna describe it live on air <laughs> It was curvaceous, and it was also bodacious. <laughs> Remember my mom asked? It was a healthy red or pink, I'm not sure. I'm colorblind, AF. <laughs> I'm allowed to laugh because it's true. It was moist. And because... <laughs> it was slick. It was glistening. Stop. <laughs> You're the hottest uvula. Yes. Your OnlyFans is just pictures of your uvula. I swear to God, give up the OnlyFans joke. <laughs> they use, what's the camera that they put down your throat called? Endoscopy? The endoscope. Endoscope, yeah. yeah. Um, where am I in the presence? You said something about your mom. Oh, remember when she was like, do people talk back? We we have to stop mentioning this on the podcast. We've brought, <laughs> I can barely remember anything it we've talked so about on the podcast, funny. but I know that we've brought that up 60 times. It was so funny though um, in fact when i was singing that the who song yeah i, I think i might have sung that before i had like a, a it's vague a thing it's one of our things half that's memory is it yeah oh God, i don't even remember but when we have things they be, they're repetitive things for a reason but i wasn't doing it as a callback i just genuinely couldn't remember that i'd done it before uh, well it's one of our things for a reason i'm not taking my centrum silver yeah no no i took it from you I've got elderly. Abuse. I've got <laughs> I've got early onset, you know. We're not sure um, quite what disease, but we just know that it's come on real that early. It's onsetted yeah. or whatever. Um, I'm gonna drive off into the onset. Where where <laughs> you don't know how to drive. That's neither do you don't say that to me. That's disparagement of character. Defamation, in fact. I don't know either. I sometimes have dreams where I am forced to drive somewhere because there's been an emergency, like one of us is dying or something. And there's no ambulances? Yeah, we're in like a post-apocalyptic situation or something. But there's Uh, still petrol. (laughs) 
there's still working cars in Walking Dead. I don't know what the problem is. Hmm. And um, on the roads all blocked though. Why would the roads be blocked? Because like car, the cars that were left abandoned when everything. Not on all the roads in America, right? Because a massive <sighs> place with lots of roads. All right, fair enough. Um, objection withdrawn, uh, Your Honor. I don't know where I am now. In my oh yeah, okay. Where am I in the process? Yeah, so I had kind of officially stopped sending queries because, like I said, there's only so many that are applicable to your genre, your, you know, whatever. I kind of finished doing that at the end of last year and then took a several months break, as I am wont to do. Sure. And um, recently started submitting directly to publishers there are literally only like 30 in the directories that I use, but you can go the Google route of just like finding like small publishers or whatever. You can but find that, someone's blog spot. But that, yeah, <laughs> you do literally find like, it is really funny when you come across like official websites and their blog spots and it's like, what are we doing here? And their contact email is at Yahoo. Yeah, or and at I'm like, AOL. how official is this? It's so, you have to like really do your research and find out if other people have talked about this agency, if there's reviews, you know, because you have to figure out whether this is legit or not. And um, <clears throat> there are also other things. There are Twitter pitch parties and other avenues you can go. Agents often just tweet about their, you know, what they're looking for and you can go that route. So I've got my finger in pies, you know, I've got my mm. finger in a lot of... A lot of pies. And by that, I mean nothing is happening. Yeah, right. Um, and I've also started resubmitting to some agencies. Some, yeah, some agencies that where agents had said no, but you can resubmit to different agents at that agency. Right. Just because, you know, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not when the when the when I'm not busy working, I'm writing a second book. That's <laughs> the cat doing cat things. Um, I'm writing a second book that's not linked to the first book because you know you have to continue to move. Um, <laughs> I'm currently being surmounted. Yes, you are. I'm like a. Oh a, my god! What I'm is like happening? A peak that the cat is trying to climb up. Yeah, usually we don't have him in here, but we, uh, I can just see his, Yeah, like... I tempted fate by leaving him in the room today, and I'm now paying the price. Yeah. Apparently, he okay, just gave he's, up. he's stopped now, he just gave up. Um, yeah. He also, we talked about this before, but he somehow knows when we can't stop him from being mischievous. Yeah, For example, when we sit down to eat, yeah. because we have plates and trays on top of us and that is when he will start doing the things he knows he can't yeah. do he'll start trying to climb the bookshelves he'll start trying to lean against the tv screen with his sharp claws he'll start trying to jump on the kitchen counters and lick the cheese shards that we left there from the grater that sounds like we just like leave food like... we're mucky pups yeah, sometimes we do. The sign of a good chef is a messy kitchen because yeah. it shows that you're passionate. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't, you know, what... Oh, my God, this cat. 
Let's just try to ignore Your him. Your face is exactly Well, I'm not saying anything about it, but you are. I know, but you're making cute faces. You're preoccupied with him. You're making really cute he's faces. He's an attention seeker, and the only way to deal with someone like that is to ignore them. He's like his mummy. That's true. But don't ignore me. I will. No, you'll never. <laughs> or I'll get you. You'll never survive. I mean, what? What? Huh? I don't know. Misery? What? <sighs> so Break that's my where... ankles with a sledgehammer? <laughs> So that's where I am. Oscar basically. nomination, huh? Go on. That's where I am. Okay. I'm writing book two because I'm a writer, so I continue to write. And the idea is that you know, if I decide this book is not going to get published, well, I decide. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy is right now. Um, Rudy, come on. What can you even say? He's he's making a nuisance of of himself. Yeah. As one he's of the podcast to mess hosts. With the mic Come on. Okay, he's a little bit okay. overly excited right now because he just got talking about him being annoying as hell. In the middle of the night last night, I we often let him sleep on the bed with us. He just curls in a cute little ball down by our feet. But for reasons that we don't need to go into, he usually sleeps on his mama's side. Yeah. But Recently, he's been sleeping on his papa's side. And last night, in the middle of the night, he just clawed my... He was right by my my feet. He just clawed my toes. You must have moved your foot or something, and then he just decided... He lashed out. Yeah. He swiped at me. And let me tell you, there is no way... No worse way to wake up in the middle of the night. It's like someone's slashing you with a, yeah, a razor blade. Yeah, someone you and just slashed you. Imagine if someone cut you awake. Yeah. That's what it's like. <laughs> I had a nice scratch across my toes, yeah. stung like crazy, and I wanted to throw him out the window. <laughs> I wanted to swing him around my head by the tail and throw him into the sun. That's how I felt in that moment. Yeah. He's looking very... He knows we're talking about him. <laughs> he says, I can't help it, Papa. I'm just no. a beast. I have... He is a very scratchy cat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hmm. well. Oh, well. Can I interest you in mittens? I say as I have, like, eight new fresh mm. scratches. Let's get those and little... And very strong claw marks, though. Those rubber claw... No. Tops, stoppers, caps, whatever you want to call them. No. Because then he'd still have his claws, but he can't use them to slash us. No, that's horrendous. That's abuse. It's better than declawing, if you think about it. Oh, Okay. It is, yeah, but I'm not going to do it. The lesser evil. No, how about if I can do it to you? Moral utilitarianism. I'll put you in a straitjacket. I don't. If I started to scratch people, I'd understood if I was put in a straitjacket, <laughs> but I don't. Well, Anyhow, he's settled now. He stopped making the podcast all yeah. about him. You little diva. He's staring yeah. at me now. He's, staring, he's got black eyes. <laughs> You know he's about to attack you when, when he's, he has yeah. black eyes. Yeah, his eyes are like saucers. Oh god. Anyway, so that's where Samantha's book is. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I'm writing book two. I'm still when the mood strikes, sending off a bunch, just a couple here and there queries. Because, like I said before, it's timing. So the idea is that, like, maybe it'll be the right time for someone at sure. some point. Um, I realise that we haven't talked, we never, because of the hiatus and the weird timing of it all, we never talked about what happened with my first novel. You want to talk about it? Yeah. So there's not much to say. I have gone through the whole process that Samantha is going through right now. And um, 
no dice to put it yeah to put it straight and so i decided to self-publish it because i have different feelings about it than samantha does uh i just want it to exist out there in the world i want it to be accessible i want i wanted to get the satisfaction of that's the horrible thing about having to go through the submission process is i'm definitely the type of person where when i make something i want to for two reasons i want to get it out there straight away a for the catharsis of i made this piece of art and now i Mm. relinquish it yeah and in that letting go you kind of there's a satisfaction but there's also a, a empowering feeling of i i it's almost like letting go of a burden something that's been consuming you and you can move on with your life but i also want to put it out there straight away just as i don't know i just i always want my things as soon as they're done i want them to be accessible because they're of the moment and Mm -hmm. so if you can read them in that particular moment you have that added temporal context that gives them added layers of meaning but when you submit a book that you've authored, you have to sit on it for a year or two, maybe more. And that's very uncomfortable as a writer. You, it is, I, you yeah. just want to get it out there. And so I went through that whole process and then I decided to self-publish it because I wanted it out there nonetheless. And so, yeah, now it's available. You can... <laughs> Tell them where they can get it. You can pretty much buy it on any site that you buy eBooks. You can also buy a hard copy, hard cover, hard cover, hard copy, hard cover, hard cover, cover. (laughs) You can buy a hard cover copy of it, which is very, I'm very happy with how it came out. Yes. You tell them, have you talked about it before? I don't think I've gone into specific details. I, but you, yeah, I created, you know, I had my, my fingers all over it. I, commissioned an artist whose artwork i appreciated to to make a cover for it i had an idea i'd for the longest time even while i was writing it i had a a very perfect crystallized idea in my mind of how i wanted the cover to look ideally um and thankfully self-publishing you still retain that ultimate level of control who the fuck knows what you'll end up with if you if you go with a traditional publisher they're just going to go with whatever they think will sell best. It'll probably have no relevance to the actual book itself. That's something I think about a lot. Like, what would my book cover look like? Of course. And whether I'd get, like, any input at all. And sometimes you go on, like, agents and publishers' websites and you see, like, here's the books we look like, whatever. And the books, even though they have no connection to each other, all have very similar book covers and it's like oh so you go with a theme well they also probably go with the same yeah either artist (laughs) or service or whatever so yeah there was something definitely very gratifying about being able to dictate all of those things Mm -hmm. myself and have that that ultimate level of control over it the art came out so nice yeah i'm very very happy with how it came out it's really like exactly how i pictured it in my head which I never expected I'd be lucky enough to to end up with. It fits the story so well. Yeah, it depicts a scene from the story. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know what else there is really to say. It's available. It's, a, it's you know... Where is it available? Affordably priced. You can get it Amazon. You can get it from... Um, I know, but tell them what it's called and stuff. It's called Went Simulacrum. By? It's by some dude, this Go guy on. that I know, 
Brian Finch. Brianna. Um, Finch. It's a long novel. It's like 550 pages. I'm not even going to attempt to give up a, a brief or succinct plot summary here because it's just not possible. But you can go and read the the official plot summary if you want to see a glimpse into what it's like. And yeah, I'm so I'm so proud of it. Yeah. I'm so happy with how it came out. I'm proud of you, Baba. I appreciate that. And you can go and read it now if you want. I'm gonna smooch you now. Live on how the you podcast. Gonna, how are you gonna do that? As we sit ten feet apart. It's like in the Bugs Bunny cartoons where the lips kind of extend yeah. on a stalk. Ooh. 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 My eyes get really big. <laughs> There's hearts in the pupils. So yeah, I'm I'm not working on my next book. I will eventually, but I've been working on other things recently. That's kind of one of the reasons why there was a hiatus is that I was working on a piece that I find it very hard to do other things when something is unfinished. Mm. And I had a very long piece, which I recently published on my blog. Funnily enough, it is kind of book length because it's like a hundred thousand words. But I wrote Not kind of book yeah. Length. Well, I, you know, debatable. <laughs> what I think of as book length is different than probably most people. But it's a multi-part piece documenting my thoughts on the Trump era and that whole tumult that American politics went through for four years. Um, yeah, it's that's also good. Go and read that. That's free on my blog. Where can they find that? Yeah, they can find that at ryanfinchwrites.com. Yeah, they can. Sure. And so, yeah, that's that. I, working on that was so... Required so much time and brain power and focus mm. that that was that was an additional factor that kind of prevented us from sitting down to yeah. do the podcast. Yep. Takes and then, of course, of... there was other things as well. There was depressions and breakdown. Trying new medications. There was family yeah. bereavements. Yes. There was all types. Of, the last year, year and a half has been fucking rough. Yep. But we're not going to be too much of a downer and, and tell you every little gory detail. I totally just edited out like a two-minute coughing fit <laughs> that Samantha had. I started coughing and he started laughing. Because I thought, I thought you were playing it up theatrically, but uh. then you seriously did have like a conniption. <laughs> and I started to think maybe I need to get the paddles out. Yeah. Um. I was going to say excitedly as I started coughing and everything. Um, you were my, too exuberant for like your own good. Gobbled on my vowels. Um, and new obsessions is what I was going to say. Ah, yes. Um, is what I got into mm. because shit was dark. Yeah. Um, you found new outlets. You found pole dancing. You found reading tea leaves. No. You found riding a unicycle. Yeah. So. Do you want to talk about some of those? No, I'm shy now. Oh, are you shy on our personal podcast? Yeah. With our dozens of listeners. I got really into Taylor Swift. I was a fan of Taylor Swift before. But. Yeah, I was a fan of Taylor Swift before. But. Would you call yourself a Swifty? 
Yes. Okay. But something happened in the last couple of years where I went from like, oh yeah, I'm like a big fan to like, oh yeah, I'm a big fan to like, and now I play, I play Taylordle, which is the Taylor Swift wordle, hmm. where it's just Taylor Swift words. It's, you know, <laughs> that's how, you know, and I play even like the music one where they only play like a snippet of a song and you have to guess like one second of a song. Um, and I and I actually get them right. Like that's where I'm at. You know, I hunt for the Easter eggs. If you know, you know, and if you don't know, then you're not where I'm sure. at. You've you got the cork board with the strings going from different yeah. MP3 names. And by hunt for Easter eggs, what I really mean is, I watch other people hunt for Easter eggs because I don't know maths, and I don't know all of like the early, like. I became a fan during like 1989 and then refused to go like like for some reason never went back and listened to the previous albums and by the time like the last like year or two came around I was like oh yeah maybe I should go back and listen to the albums and then heard about the re-recordings and decided to wait so when Red came out last year I was like, you know. Whoa. Whoa. That was like the best two hours of the last two years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Like the day Red came out was honestly one of the best days of the last two years. Sure. Or like one of the only good days of the last two years. Because it was just happy from top to bottom. I understand. With no bad shit. No dark shit. I didn't let any of it in. Um, it was just good. It, good to have good things to look forward to, and there's not been many of those during. You know, can't travel, can't go anywhere. Which we were we planning to go to. No, the but yes, Bahamas. there would have been some places. Sure. Even just little things like going out together on like date type places, we wouldn't. Sure. You know, we haven't even been able to do that, so. We had all those reservations at eateries that we had to cancel. You know what I mean. Call myself. <laughs> She's talking to me, listeners. <laughs> I just unsheathed a, a Bowie knife. I'm talking to the cat. He's doing parkour. Yeah, I think this might be the last time that he stays in the room with us while we record the podcast. He's been fine. Has he? Has he indeed? Yes. The podcast listeners will be witness. He just set up a string of dynamite leading to like, my chair. They'll be like, I haven't even heard him. I don't know what Ryan's talking about. Acme brand dynamite. No. We're not going to get exploded in a cartoon. We might. So, yeah, I became really obsessed. Well, not obsessed, but like, <laughs> you know, got some merch. <laughs> <laughs> that's the sign of a true super fan. No, that's when you know you're like really obsessed. When you start like buying like weird merch and stuff. And, you know, you start prancing around the house and, like, taking, doing photo shoots with yourself and, you know. <laughs> Dressed as Taylor Swift. No, but, like. Speaking in a Nashville accent. You start buying, like, things that, like, only Taylor, other Taylor Swift fans would know. Like, deep references right. to things. You know. Watching the All Too Well video. <laughs> Music video. Crying. And short film, I'll have you know. Yes. 
This is why I said it was going to be linked back to the Let's Jake Gyllenhaal thing. The Leo Jake Gyllenhaal thing. Yeah, okay, go on. Oh, I thought you were going to say something because I know you have thoughts. Do I, I don't really. I have. I like to prod Samantha about her Taylor Swift fandom. I like to say little comments that I know irk her, just to kind that of, she's making a little growly face. Grr. Just to kind of, you know, it's it's friendly ribbing for her pleasure. <laughs> um. And of but course, yeah, I am I just, team team Jill and all no, in the feud. I like the thing is, I actually really like Jake Gyllenhaal. How can you not? But I'm like trying to, you know. I to, did like Jake Gyllenhaal, not so much now. But you're trying to be ride or die for your home girl. I am ride or die for my home girl. Yeah, and I'm very excited to see what she re- releases next. Um... There's the so people, you know this Easter egg thing that I told you about how okay. she leaves like hints and stuff. People get. I don't think any of the theories have been correct. I don't think. I think she leaves Easter eggs, and I think the Easter eggs are very simple. But I think the fans like to be like. But you see this thing that happened like six years ago, and then you see it. It led it leads to this, and then this person was wearing this color, and oh my god, and it just like it all links up. And I'm like, I don't think that that's what's happening. I think you're just it's like confirmation bias. You're making things fit, and they all fit, and it seems like this spectacular thing, but none of it ever comes true. <laughs> <laughs> like sure. none of the theories actually work out to be true. Like all the release dates that that ends up. So that means she's going to release something on April 15th. And then April 15th rolls around and she didn't release anything. And it's like, it's really fun to theorise. And the whole community kind of gets in on it and it's like fun. But I was thinking the other day, I was like, when has a theory actually turned out to be true? Right. But she is known for playing little games and cryptic little... She does, yeah, she does. But I I think we forget that her theories are much simpler... Than we remember. And she doesn't really ever confirm them that much. And I think that's why we get caught up in thinking that they're much more complex than they are. Because she doesn't confirm or deny them really. And so we're allowed to just think that there are these crazy like, um, you know winding things throughout all these things sure and i'm sure there are really complex ones that like she doesn't confirm but and it is pretty cool but you know i don't know can i grill you on some taylor swift issues uh <laughs> yes if they are nice and not stupid oh then that that shreds my whole list yeah do you admit that jake gyllenhaal was in the right in their relationship no you do don't know anything. Do you admit that he was a good guy and he no. only did his best to try no. and take care of her? He dropped her hand. When are you gonna? He dropped her hand. When are you gonna in acid? know? When are you gonna was know? Was he severed? When are you gonna know? I watched the. He all didn't too... show up to the birthday. That's true. Yeah, that's a dick move. I watched the all too well video. Okay. You didn't watch it. I watched portions of it. He watched the operative less portions. than a minute of a ten-minute thing. I got a good sense of their relationship. I no, felt. No, you didn't. I showed you the argument. Yeah. That break where, you know, the two actors have the argument. I showed you that. 
That was good. She just used her hair braids to illustrate the point there. That's them having the argument. It is. It's like two. She's shaking them violently. She's making. Why them... don't we have a bit? Be... Oh, I always say this. Why don't we have a what? Behind the scenes video. There's because we don't have a person to stand there with a camera. We and... just mount a camera on the wall. Hmm. Could get a TikTok going. I'm sure that'd be that's fascinating. That's something that's blown up since we last. Right. TikTok was, of course, a thing when we were last podcasting, but it's really a thing now. Uh, sounds so old. Sure. TikTok. It was a thing in my day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we used to engrave funny videos onto granite and yeah. pass it around the classroom. <laughs> granite. <laughs> onto slabs. I'm not going to remember QuickTime. What? <laughs> How is that similar? I do remember the QuickTime player, yes. Um, do you remember Winamp? Oh, yeah, vaguely. I don't think I ever used it, but I, or, it always seemed so cool to me, the way people would change the skins on it and make it look all cool. And Oh, I guess I don't know what it is then. Oh, it's Winamp. just a music player that used to be big back uh, on like Windows XP. Windows Fuck. XP? Yeah. I don't even remember that. Are you being serious? Windows XP. Probably the most famous version of Windows uh, ever. That's one of the shit ones, right? No, XP was still well liked. It was Vista. Oh, Vista was the everyone one that turned hated. on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about the evolution of Windows uh, over the years. <laughs> I was a big fan of Millennium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so. Yeah. So I'm very obsessed with Taylor. I'm very excited to see what she does next. She hasn't been around for a while. She's been on a break. I don't like it when people go on breaks. I like to have my obsessions out right. in the open. Other things I've been obsessed with, Discovery of Witches. Okay. I was obsessed with the Discovery of Witches last time That's we true. Spoke. It spans the gap. However, I've finished the books now. Mm. You're a slow reader. It took you a while. Well, no, what happened was I stopped reading... So that I could wait for the second season of the TV show because I like to watch the show before I read the book, which I know is really, like, not it for some people. They most people like to read and then watch, but I don't. It's not it. Don't use TikTok lingo in this. Not TikTok lingo. You know what? This is a strictly old phone. Ryan doesn't do social media. No, that's true. And by do, it's not just that he doesn't have social media. I think there are people that don't have social media, but they still use it. Right. Like, you don't go on TikTok and watch TikToks. And you don't go on Twitter and use Twitter. You There are a few people's Twitter that you look I at. I go on particular people's Twitter who I follow, but I don't do it very regularly. Yeah, and you don't look at, like, Twitter trendings no. and look at the news on Twitter. I don't just dive into the cesspool and... No. And, yeah. And you don't use Instagram or anything like that. And um, and you don't post on Reddit or anything. I still have an active presence on Friendster. (laughs) I don't know what that is. Oh, God. I do. Call yourself a child of the internet age. I do, really. You know what? You didn't even know about anything until MySpace. You were one of the Jenny Come Latelys. Was MySpace the very first thing? No. MySpace was was down the line. You had had things like... um, (sighs) The early iterations of Facebook. so confident. Like, Facebook was not before MySpace. Yeah, of course it was. No, it wasn't. Facebook started off way early, but it didn't have no, all the functionality we think of no, it now. No, there no. There was Friendster. No. Hold on. Hold your horses. There was... Um, 
God, I was actually looking this up recently because I made a, a joke about it in in that Trump piece I was talking about. I can't, I can't remember. If, if Facebook was before MySpace, it was only the university Facebook. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, that doesn't count. Well, it still existed. I'm it was still a about, social network. No, I'm talking about that everyone could use, not right. that only universities in America could use. Does LiveJournal count as a social yeah. network? It kind of, it's more of like a blogging site. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, but MySpace was kind of like that No too. one used MySpace to blog. I blogged on MySpace. Did you actually write lengthy text posts? I wrote bl- that's exactly what I used it for. You know what? Let's bring them up and re- do a dramatic I'm reading. I'm confused. That's exactly podcast. what I used MySpace for. Good and point. that's what a lot of people used MySpace for. Sure. To blog. Of course that's what people used it for. Have you ever heard of an old dating site? Well, really like a hookup site called Makeout Club? No. I heard some some people talking about our podcast and i thought it was a bit i thought they'd made up a funny name makeout club something like that yeah and it was kind of the myspace before myspace where and it almost had the i think it kind of had the same ethos as things like tinder where it was mostly just profile pictures and then short short profiles short little bio sections and it was kind of seen as like in the same way that tinder et al are it was like a meat market. It was just find sexy people in a your area market. to hook up with. I have said this to you before. I swear to God there was something that looked exactly like MySpace before MySpace called something like The Dilly. <laughs> I've said this to you before. What? It was called The Dilly or something weird like that. The Dilly. And pickle? I remember coming across it. I didn't make a profile, but I remember you could see people's profiles. TJ Dillyshaw? No. Oh. And then MySpace happened. I remember thinking, oh. That's the end of that story. But I've never been able to, like, no one knows what I'm talking about. Have you tried Googling it? No. (laughs) No, I just wanted to (laughs) try to decipher the airwaves. The airwaves. The psychic signals that might be left over from its destruction. You had MySpace, right? Yeah, I did. I'm embarrassed to admit. I was, Why are you embarrassed? Everyone Well, because, you know, I was a teenager. You had shirtless pics on I, Oh, this fucking chick. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be payback for that down the line, just so you know. This podcast is still young. The night's still a puppy, as John Gabris would say. Yeah, I did. I was like 14 or 15. That's and I, I had, I had what I would describe as incipient abs. I had like just the barest, <laughs> the barest little shadow of of like abs. And so I, yeah, I took some shirtless pictures, and I had like the cool. I probably had like Hollywood and Dead as my music uh, choice on my page. Well, I miss MySpace, man. I had like a cool background. I wasn't one of those people who had you know like a violet background and then yellow text on it. Some wow. really garish I saw. With the way Instagram's going, trying to just become TikTok, um, I feel like we're really like aching for a MySpace type place. What What are we missing that MySpace well, used to have? I was thinking the other day. I was thinking the other day about writing a piece for something and putting it on my 
like I do have a blog and a website still. But I was like, no one is going to that. No one is going to it. And what about Medium? Isn't that kind of like a good place now to post writings? Yes, but what I'm trying to say to you is that people don't like to click out of what they're in. No, that's true. Is yeah. what I'm trying to say. If they're in Instagram, they don't want to click out of Instagram. If they're in TikTok, they don't want to click out of TikTok. And if they're on Twitter, I guess sometimes they do click out the on links and stuff. But Twitter, I'm not. I don't do well on Twitter. I don't think I know how to use it anymore. <laughs> I, I think I want to use it the way it used to be used, but people don't use it like that anymore. And I don't want to just talk shit about people on there, and that's basically what it's used for. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And I'm not really... I'm trying not to bubble into the microphone right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking from this water bottle, and this is what it sounds like. I'm trying not to do it, so I'll give you a fucking 20-second long version of it. <laughs> I just gulped down so much water in order to make that short demo of it happening. <laughs> you know when you have too much water in your mouth and you're like, wow, well, this is going to hurt to go down the old gullet? Why would, yes. You tried to gulp it down in one go. Yes. And it cr- I kind of bruised my, my esophagus the other day. Yes, with the bubbles. Yeah. I swallowed a drink too fast and it like hurt going down. And for the rest of the day, it felt like the inside of my throat was bruised. It shocks me to learn that that doesn't happen to you all the time. Right. Whenever I drink, like, not whenever, but a lot of the time when I drink carbonated beverages, I get that bubble You're such thing. a fancy lady. <laughs> Calling for them by, for their, saying beverages? by their full their full title. Soda. They're highfalutin. We don't really say soda. Like, Americans love to just say soda. Yeah. What are you drinking? Oh, just a soda. That doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Say the fucking brand name. It's like me saying I'm drinking a carbonated beverage. (laughs) Don't be a wanker. Tell me what you're drinking. I'm drinking a sugary, a sugary refreshment. A pop. A libation of sorts. (laughs) Um... A pop. You know how there's, like, a weird debate in America about do you call it pop or do you call it soda? Yeah. And certain areas, like in the Midwest, I think they yeah, say pop. Yeah, 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 yeah. And elsewhere they say, it's so, so strange. Yep. Whereas we just call them, what do we call you them? Don't know. No, I don't know. You don't remember. I don't hang with the grottoes. Well, because we're adults, we don't say pop anymore. That's true. Pop is something you say when you I never lit. used to say that as a kid. Well, maybe it's a bit more of a West Midlands thing, which is where... Don't, don't geolocate us. Oh, shit, yeah. Well, Fuck. people can tell from accents, you know? Yeah, I guess. Maybe it's more of a West Midlands thing. It's a big place. They, yeah. You can't zero in on us. Yeah, do you want some pop, is what people oh, would say. God. And that pop just means anything that's not alcohol or, cal- like, tea. Tea, coffee, or alcohol. Um, it's usually something fizzy, sugary. It's squash, which is cordial, or... People don't call squash pop. Yes, they do. Have you lost your tiny chicken mind? Yes, they do. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, pop is fizzy. No, you're going the American route. No. Pop pop or soda. Yes, they do. Pop is just... I don't agree. Yes, it is. Maybe usage varies, because Samantha and I... Just a little interesting background tidbit. <laughs> I'm not from the same city. No, we're both from West Midlands, yeah. but we're from different cities. Equally uh, grotty. 
Yeah. <laughs> but and differences. Maybe there is usage variations. Yeah, so anyway, going back to whatever the fuck we were talking about <laughs> Who before. Knows? I don't even know. Um, oh, no, that's what I was saying. I was thinking that what we're really aching for now, since Instagram is just trying to be TikTok, is a MySpace-type website where it's still social media where you can post your photos and your videos if you want, but there's also a blog function that you don't have to click out of the website for. Um, Because, yeah, you can post, like, a caption on Instagram or whatever, but you have a limit. It can't be too long. Um, There's nowhere on any of these sites where you can post a longer thing. And What about Facebook? Facebook fucking sucks. And most people don't use it anymore, really. I mean, the people that do still have it, I think are mostly using it for, like, family, friends, and then, like, groups. Sharing anti-vaxxer memes. Yeah, like... It's your conservative grandparents that you... Yeah. They're posting some weird shit. You don't even want to see what's going on. And the normal people that are still on there that are using it for other groups are using it for, like, specialty groups and stuff. Um, But Facebook is a mess. When you try and go on Facebook now, it's so shit to use. It's laggy. There's way too many options on the side. It's just not... Okay. I'll take your word for it. It's not functional in my mind. Um. Yeah, so I think we're aching for something like a MySpace. Don't speak for all of us. Slash live journal. Okay. I say MySpace because you could still have your photos and videos. Live journal is more of like a blogging site, whereas MySpace you could still integrate like you could do it so you could still post like photos. Right. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be strictly like exactly like a MySpace. I guess you could make it just like Instagram, where you could f- post photos, reels, stories, but then also have a function where you a blogging section. Okay. I it's, don't know why they can't just add that. It seems like you want Facebook, but just not heinously lame. No, I want Instagram with a blogging feature. AKA Mark Zuckerberg's. Zuckerberg. No. Mark Zuckerberg's brainchild. No. Oh, I always forget that Facebook owns Instagram. Yeah, they own everything now. They own oh. WhatsApp. They're trying to buy even more Fucking stuff. Twats. They're going to be the dark overlords of the metaverse. Oh, yeah, it's meta. When you open Instagram, I always forget that it says meta at the bottom. I love how they, they change their name. Uh, who's so calling funny. it meta? Not one single person. <laughs> sure. It's um, like when a, when a financial company gets into a big scandal and just changes their name yeah. and hopes that people won't remember who they no. were beforehand. Not a single person is calling it that. Sure. But yeah, so I was thinking of that. Like, that's what we need. That's what we're aching for, for people who want, like, something. Why don't you be the change you want to see in the yeah, world? Yeah, I'm going to start a social media company. I think so. No, I don't think so. You love to code. <laughs> You love, oh my god! You love CSS and XML and I HTML. I adding like a song. To, I'm so like in that. Like I love posting stories and adding music to it. I'm so I like do. a fucking. I enjoy them. I'm a connoisseur of your Instagram stories. I love that you don't have social media, but you always look at my stories. Of course, and you see what you're like. I want to see what Johnny's posting. I'm your number today. one fan. You are one of. I'm a creepy stalker. I'm stalking you so hard I even moved into the same apartment. Yeah. 
It's funny because... That's what I like in a stalker. Commitment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a stalker, but I've got commitment issues. I don't know if I can keep following you around. Mm. Um, a friend of mine, actually, a, a little while back, kind of said something to me along the lines of, um, because you don't have social media, I don't know. When we, when we go like little periods without talking at length... I don't know if you're doing okay because I don't have social media that I can stalk. And I was thinking, yeah, that's, that is true. Sometimes there is many, many months between posts on my blog. And obviously yeah. we just had a year and a half hiatus from the podcast. And because I don't have a Twitter that you can go and see that I'm still posting my mm-hmm. inane ramblings on, it might, I might have just dropped off the face of the earth for all most people know. And I kind of like it like that, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, that's kind of crazy when you think about it. I'm a it. private person. Hey, I didn't like that. I didn't like that that knee jerk snigger, and now she's laughing full throatedly. Sorry, head thrown back, I mouth was, wide open. I'm sorry, but your face, your facial expression there. So I believe funny. in small government, low taxes, <laughs> and that the individual should be left alone to not have social media if they don't want it. You were like, hey. Sure. Hey, I'm a Rock- I, I am a private person. I'm a Rockefeller Republican. I say on my podcast that people are going to listen to. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of it's so different to me because I post on my stories every day. You're an open book. <laughs> Pretty much every day. In fact, it's rare that I go a day without posting at least one thing on my stories. Yeah, so if you were stalking me... What? Or a friend of mine wondering, like, is she all right? Yeah, You'd there's never any doubt about that. look at my stories yeah. to know. Cause Last story post... four minutes ago is what they're going to see. Because I also post by mood. Mm. You'd know if I'm in a depressed mood based on my stories. Do you ever have any fears of oversharing, ever? Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's a good, healthy sign. Yeah, because... Think about the, like, think about all the times when I'm, like, I don't post myself crying. Is that oversharing? No, I'm saying, like, I could and I don't. Okay. And, like. I think of oversharing as more a case of information that you share uh, rather than glimpses of yourself in certain moments. Yeah. I was just, that was just an example of, like. No, I know what you're saying. That's a a self-imposed sort of line, a restriction that you have. There are definitely times when I'm like, have I'm in an extreme moment, and I want to like record myself for various reasons Mm. that I don't necessarily want to talk about right now, and then I want to post it for various reasons, and I think to myself, no. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, have you ever seen the meme where someone's about to do something and then like a little kitten hand like puts their, yes. puts their paw on top of the hand it's and is so like, no, cute. don't do it. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I feel like there is kind of this general idea that the the modern iteration of social media encourages or kind of brings out of people a desire to overshare. Um but it, it's that I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that was a pre-existing instinct in a lot of people. It makes me think of... Do you remember when I was reading that guy's blog? This was a while back. I was so fascinated by it. He He's kind of credited as, as one of the, the very first, if not the very first, 
true online bloggers. Yeah, this this guy, Justin Hall, and his website is links.net. And he's back in the 90s, like the, you know, way back in the early <laughs> days of the internet. And he's a, a fascinating guy because his blog is the, the epitome of, I have no personal boundaries. I will just overshare to the, to the max. And this, and again, you're reading these posts from like whatever, 97. And it's so, it would be seen as maybe too much today. Like people would think that person is putting too much of themselves out there. And someone was doing this back when, you know, to get on the internet, you had to go through your university or whatever. Yeah. You know, only like students at MIT could connect to the to the World Wide Web. And he he goes into like great detail about relationships that he's currently having, about things going on in his personal life. He posted naked pictures of, him, of himself, not in a sexual way, just in a, I want to share like every aspect of myself. Yeah. And it was so surreal in a sense to see someone doing that way back when because it shows that that's something that's always existed yeah. in people and yes there are certain technologies that kind of encourage that but it's not like it's a creation of facebook or twitter or tiktok that people suddenly have started sharing yeah. aspects of their life that they otherwise wouldn't yeah i remember when like myspace and stuff started I loved, like, the blog. That's why you, like, you never use the blogging feature. As soon as, like, that was a thing, I was like, what? People just, like, basically write diary entries and post about it. I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to? Like, I had a website, like, as soon as I had the internet, like, so I could talk about myself to myself essentially because <laughs> no one else was reading it right. i always liked putting stuff out into the void always and and then when myspace being like the real first social media i liked doing that then i've always really liked doing that um and so i don't i don't know i don't really think about over sharing yeah in terms of oversharing i only think about it in terms of like personal information that i wouldn't want people to know in terms of like because i don't want people to know like where i live or like you know doctor's information and things like that (laughs) do you know what i mean like who posts that i don't know like here's my medical records you know what i mean here's the name of my primary care physician stuff that people can sort of like weaponize against you. Yes. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um that's a good line to draw in the sand. But I also do have extreme times when I post like I don't wait for my extreme moods to go away and then post. I do post sometimes when I'm in my extreme place and yeah. Not everyone does that. Yeah. A lot of people feel too vulnerable in that moment. Like they're going to give away. We always we we have a recurring dialogue Samantha and I about Samantha and I. No. Hate <laughs> it. Stop it. That's like a funny inside joke in that. No, you don't explain no, it. No, I don't explain, don't explain it. it. Someone wrote in once. Someone sent me an email kind of yeah, implicitly mocking the fact that I don't pronounce the th in your name. Yeah. I'm like I mean it was doing in a lighthearted way, but at the same time I was like how dare you? 
Yeah. <laughs> Easy does it. I like the way you say my name. Settle. It's special just for you. And I cannot stress this enough. The fuck now. Yeah. Good grief. Good grief. Good grief. Good lordy. Um, yeah, we have a recurring dialogue about, quote unquote, giving away pieces of yourself. Yes. And when is and isn't an appropriate time to do that? Because you know the feeling when you, especially when you're talking to someone who you don't have that close of a friendship to, and you tell them something very personal and private and important to you, like a really revealing little detail that you otherwise didn't think you were going to share. And then say your relationship kind of fizzles out in a couple of months, you you look back on that and you think, oh, fuck, why did I do that? And yes. you regret it. You think I gave them something which I can't take back now. You're so right. But you know what? I would rather give the void a piece than give a person a piece only for that piece to be, like, discarded or unappreciated or that person to walk away. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. Because the void can't disappoint you in the way that a person can. Yes, and it's my choice. I've chosen to put it into the void and I have, like... Do you choose your choice? I choose my choice. I choose my choice! Um, Do you know what people think when they look at us, Harry? I fucking that scene. want to punch her in the face. You want to wring her neck. That. You it's look so at horrible. honourable, good man, Harry. It's so unforgivable. The way he walks out of that room. Of, I do, but I never thought you thought it too. <gasps> so heartbreaking. Harry's think, the best yep. boyfriend in the whole show. Um, I love that you know all this. Yeah. Um, best birthday present. Uh, when I dressed up as Harry. <laughs> I wore the bold cap. <laughs> Um, I lost myself now. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I'd rather give it to the void. Decide this is what I'm doing. I want to give it to the void because it's 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 a self-expression and I choose this. Choose my choice. <laughs> and I so let dramatic. it go in my own time and it's freeing and I've let it go and it's like, like you're saying with your book, I've released it and it's my decision and i've let it go and it's like you know yeah and then it feels good it feels good to do that and i don't do it for anything but myself yeah i don't say it for anything but myself you still kind of retain ownership in a weird way and i've always posted on social media for me like and i keep that in mind you know when people are like you know, people say to their followers, what type of content do you want to see? I always find that so weird. Right. I'm like, what? I, I guess I get it because they're trying to be content creators and they're trying to build a brand. They're trying to serve an audience. They're trying to serve an audience, but I'm not trying to do yeah. that. So I'm trying to create what I want to create, not what my followers want to see. Um, because I'm not trying to be that. Yeah. I'm trying to be myself. Um so I would rather put that out there and just give away a piece of myself to the world and have no one see it. Okay. And have no one engage with me. Then say to someone who I think is a friend and give a piece 
and for them to like you know you you confide in someone and you don't get the response that you want it's you know i hate that feeling you have when you can tell they didn't appreciate the gravity of what you just shared they just kind of were like oh yeah cool so anyway i was going to starbucks and you're like oh fucking hell I just told you about my deep-seated fear of yeah, couches. Yeah, yeah. How I can't sit on a on a love seat to save my life. Yeah. Or they turn out to not be a good friend. Mm. Or they ghost you. Or they break up with you. Or they break up with you. Yeah, friendship. I just went through a friendship breakup, and just. Yeah. <laughs> She's falling something out in the air. Not. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Stop whispering. <laughs> that makes me think of, there's a podcast I used to listen to back in the day and they would do the thing where when they wanted to say something to each other that was off the podcast, off yeah. the record, they would just push the microphones away and whisper it. Uh, However, if you turn the volume way up, you could easily make out what they were oh whispering. Oh my God, really? It's wow. so fine. That is really <laughs> It's like in older shows, like 90 shows, when they pick up the phone and they're talking and they just put their hand over the receiver. Oh, my God. And it's like, no, that might used to work years. Like, that doesn't work They now. even do it in, like, high-stakes situations. You're talking to the kidnapper and you cover the phone and you're like, okay, so this is how we're going to yeah, nab him. Yeah, yeah. Set like, up the SWAT guys outside his apartment. And you're like, dude, sound waves can still travel through hand flesh. I'm sorry. <laughs> they just can. I'm not a scientist. I don't understand the material yeah. properties. <laughs> Of etc cetera, etc, cetera. but I'm pretty sure he can like listen. It's so funny, um, but yeah. So yeah, I'd rather do that. Give away a piece mm. on a on such like into the void than give it to someone and not have it be received the way you want it to be received. Because that shit's harsh, man. Yeah. And you know, there's all this talk of like, well, people don't always know what to say, or people are dealing with their own thing, and everyone's going through something, and no one knows how to respond anymore, and people are all, everyone's anxious. And yeah, I know, but you know, you either show up or you don't. Yes. And I'm sick of this shit because if you go months and months and months without talking to someone, you don't want to talk to them. Simple as mm. that. Because months, months and months and months, like you have just forgotten about someone. And I I actually had someone tell me they had forgotten. Not just that they had been bad at replying or they were busy. They forgot. Hmm. That was really hurtful. So they didn't even miss me. They didn't even remember that they hadn't been talking to me. That's how little I meant. To someone I thought would actually become real friends. And I'm sitting there like several times a week thinking, why aren't they talking to me? What have I done to upset them? I miss this person. Should I reach out? I have reached out. I even, you know, and I'm all about now asking people what the fuck's going on because we're adults and we should be able to like ask people what's going on i love why i'm holding my hand like a phone <laughs> like a proper phone sure like call me i get on the blower on and the i say blower. listen mate what the fuck's going on i didn't <laughs> see you down the nag zed my name's Stephen. <laughs> i'm Stephen grant oh no i'm the moon knight <laughs> 
<laughs> I've got this destiny that's tied up with the Egyptian Spoilers. gods. Not really. It's He's... only just come out last week. Whatever. I didn't say anything. I just said the premise of the show. Uh, well, His accent in that show is a thing to behold. <laughs> It's growing on me though. I'll gobble me vows. I'm Stephen. He's he somehow has to work in a Britishism in every single <laughs> sentence. He's a plonker. I'm well chuffed with that, mate. Bruv. Listen, bruv. I'm working <laughs> for a, a fucking pigeon headed god. <laughs> oh gosh. Good grief. I'm an instrument of conchu. Alright? Conchu. I'm starting to get into like I don't know what you're doing. I had, there was a hint of Michael Caine in there, I feel like. <laughs> we were talking about that the other day, about how he was born to play Alfred. No. He was. Admit it. At the time, he was good, but I, I like Andy Serkis. Let's talk about the Batman. Spoilers ahead. Master Wayne. Master Wayne. He had rubies the size of grapefruits, and he was just giving them away. Some men... Like to watch the world burn. It's it's like he's doing an impression of himself. <laughs> sure. Don't he does lean into the Michael Caine-isms. Master Wayne. Master Wayne. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. I also really like, again, the Batman spoilers. No, we're going to... Hold on. Hold your water. <gasps> Let's finish this conversation, then we'll go into a spoiler cast segment. Okay. Which conversation? And in fact, hold it even longer because I need to pee. I need to pee as well. Oh my god! Pause. Double pee time. No. <laughs> Double pee. Couples that pee together. Lee together. Drink. You're in together. No, I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> Are we blowing the bloody doors off yet? I guess. As you play with your cute little Kirby plushie. Oh, yes. That's some very nice young gentleman purchased for you. For our anniversary. For our Anna Vegas versary. Oh, yes. An Anna Plainiversary. Ah. Oh, uh -huh. Best anniversary present ever. I don't know about that. I've had some good ones. You have had some good ones. Was the Neon Sign anniversary? It was, wasn't it? It might have been. That was a good one. We talked about that on the podcast before. I don't know if that was anniversary or birthday. Mm. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But yeah, as we've talked about, I have a good record when it comes to gift giving. Yeah. I have just, a knack for it. You do, yeah. You do. I got good gifts That's for you true. too. Um, yeah, so... What's been going on with popular culture? How about that Will Smith slap? No! How I'm going to slap you. <laughs> slap. Kirby's going to slap you. I told you I was going to get you back. No, I don't think so. We're talking about it. We're not. Let's talk about it. We're talking no. about it. Let's talk about it. Let's, Let's talk, talk about it. it. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about it. it. Let's talk about it. We're not. Let's no, talk but about seriously, it, it has serious implications for, for conceptions of manhood, honor, obligation. Okay. How about that Batman? Um, okay. Spoilers for the Batman. Okay. So listen, this is how it's going to go. If you don't want to hear spoilers, but you want to hear the rest of the podcast, look at the timestamps. Yeah. In the description for this episode, I'm going to go the extra mile because we're going to be doing a full segment, a full spoiler cast for the new Batman film, um, Matt Reeves' latest opus, you might say. And so look at the description, look at the timestamps. You can skip the segment if you want and then come back to it when you've, when you've seen the film. Yeah. 
The Batman. The Batman. The Batman. We've only seen it once. I'm vengeance. Oh, that was good. His teeth and everything. Sure. <laughs> As opposed to all the other takes where he removed his dentures. All right, listen, Rob. This take we want. We want kind of a toothless want delivery a gummy, of the line. A gummy vengeance. <laughs> I'm I'm I really am Someone get my denture glue. <coughs> you made me <coughs> How did I'm I ma- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Rob, we're gonna punch you in the throat for this take. Yeah. We really want you to lean into the collapsed windpipe angle of it. Um I loved it. I liked it. But I have mixed feelings about it. But before we go into that, you should give the background okay. of what a little fangirl you I are. I love Rob. She's making a heart with her fingers, and now she's looking <laughs> through the heart. Now she's tonguing the heart as if it was an instance of... <laughs> Edward Cullen is... An instance of what? Analingus. <laughs> I think... Tuckus? Lingus? Sure. <laughs> um... <laughs> Edward Cullen is Batman. Wow. You would not have got this Batman if it wasn't for Edward Cullen. That's true. So don't talk shit about Twilight. Otherwise, I'll fucking... We'll get slapped by Will Smith. I'll, I'll cut you. <laughs> Kirby will cut you. Have you seen no. that meme where he's got a knife? Oh, yeah, sure. Kirby's all round edges. Yes. You know, he's the least sharp creature of he's all... He's so cute. In all of... of oh, yes. The Nintendo Animal Kingdom. No, is he an animal? Um, what race is Kirby? He's not an animal, I don't think. He's just a, a Kirby. Man. Is he like a human being who was squished into a ball? He's a Kirby man. He's going to eat Pugine. Is he a round man? He's a round man. From Round Island. Kirby is... No, Kirby is a he, right? We looked it yeah, up. Yeah, I think he is gendered. Yeah. Which is interesting because what what's the point? I think there's a girl Kirby, isn't there now? Oh, so he has to be a boy Kirby? Heteronormative much? <laughs> no, but didn't we look it up? Yeah, you looked up his gender. You needed to know it. You checked his birth certificate, the long form birth <laughs> certificate. You're a bit of a Kirby birtherist. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there is a girl. I looked it up. He was born in Hawaii. He can't be fucking president. Or whatever. I, don't, president I can't even remember my... what that bullshit oh, no, was I about at this point. He's president of my heart. Um, what? I don't know. <laughs> Kirby's president of my heart. What a bumper sticker. <laughs> okay. Yes. I've been excited. Rob is Batman. Oh my God. Can't believe it. You all know how much a big a Twilight fan I am. You all know. Because I've mentioned Twilight on every single sure. podcast for 47 episodes. Um. So I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this one. I've been waiting. Do you think when she originally wrote the books... Stephanie Myers, do you think she ever foresee this is this is where one of her actors would end up? There's a line in Twilight where he says he's not Batman. Oh. Or something like that. I was really saying that just to bug you about mispronouncing her name. I said Stephanie Myers. That's what you call her. So it didn't even register with me <sighs> because that's what you call her. It'll register with other people because Whatever. That's what he calls her, Stephanie because Myers. Because you don't like it when people mispronounce her name. People always call her Stephanie Myers. And it's like, that's not her name. That sounds more correct somehow. But that's not her name. That's, her name is Stephanie Meyer. That's true. It's not Stephanie Myers. It's Stephanie Meyer. That's not my name. 
That's not my name. Anyway, um, he made me lose my heart by being so cute. Um, yeah, there's a line in the book where he says something like, "I'm not." Wow. I'm not Batman or something like that. Anyway, so waiting, waiting, waiting. The year, yeah. the movie got Batman got pushed like a year because of COVID. Um, oh, I think I should say this on the podcast. When I was reading about the Batman, um, yeah, when I was reading like the Wikipedia page, as you always do when you watch a movie and then you go and read the Wikipedia page about it, um, I knew that Robert got COVID like at the beginning of the pandemic, not the beginning of the pandemic, but like in September or whatever. Um, but the movie had got shut down because of like COVID just anyway. Like, you know, when everything got shut down because COVID got so bad and so they were shooting in the UK and lockdown happened, so all movies had to get shut down because everything got shut down. Well, someone on the movie, someone who worked on the movie on the crew died. Oh, man. From COVID. Jesus. And so the movie got came back... High-profile movies were allowed to come back, even though the world was still shut down. Um, and they said that, like, the, the the crew and stuff, the set was, like, haunted by this guy being Fucking dead hell, from that's it. heavy. They were back three days, and Rob got COVID. And now, knowing this information, because no one knew, I don't think it was publicised that this guy had died. Right. I don't remember this being a thing. You don't usually put a press release out for but something for, like for, that. Yeah. Imagine that now Rob gets COVID. You're mm. probably going to think something's going to happen because right. this guy died. I didn't know that. That's so fucked up. Like, you'd be so worried and scared. How did they not dedicate the film to him? Yeah. At the end, it should have been, like, dedicated to John Smith. Yeah. Who gave his life yeah. for the so that this film he might live. His, don't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I'm just saying like, no, I know, you know, I know. they always like to have some kind yeah, of solemn yeah, memorial statement. Yeah, so. I, one second. That remind, I lo- isn't it funny when we watch like an episode of something and at the end it's like. We always. Yeah. And then you're always, like, who, is who, that? who was that? Who was that? And then yeah, you Google yeah. it and you're like, oh my God, the old man. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And he's dead now. I don't know why I laughed. That was a very inappropriate. No. It, like, it's because of the way you said it. But yeah, we always look at we're like, who was it? And it's like a background actor who we didn't know. And then but you like, get all like weepy. we get all sad. You get yeah. all like, oh. Well, we hardly knew you. But we ha- we're <laughs> we, sad. We go seen... back and watch the scene. No, with new eyes. You go back and watch Street Fighter because it was Raul Julia's final performance. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you just threw that in there. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But yeah, and. That, so I remember when Rob got COVID, and I was like, Rob's got COVID. Oh, my God. This thing happens. He's young. He's healthy, though, so. I was legit like, Rob's got COVID. I, I'm going to, like, cry my eyes out if something happens. Um. So, yeah, so they delayed Batman by, like, a year. It was meant to come out ages ago. They shot that movie for 18 months. That's a, isn't that a really long time to be shooting a film? Yeah, it's because they had to sh- shut it down and then they came back and then they had to obviously shoot it really slowly because of COVID protocols. Do you think it benefited from that extra time steeping? Steeping? Is that a word? Steeping. You know, yeah, when you like yeah. steep a tea bag yeah, in yeah. hot water? 
But yeah, anyway, so let's talk about the movie. Okay. Oh, yeah, so I waited. Oh, that was the point of mm. even fucking talking about this part. Try to jump ahead. Yeah, yeah. So it got delayed. Um, and meanwhile, so I feel like wait- you're sitting at home bouncing off the walls with yes. excitement and anticipation. Yeah, it's waiting for it to come out. And we were going to, we contemplated going to the cinema, but I'll be like very quickly to not get into it. I contemplated going. I'm just not there still. I'm just not comfortable being in a maskless place, especially here in the England. They've taken away mask restrictions and COVID restrictions. So we'd be sitting in a packed maskless cinema with everyone eating and drinking you know yeah. it's not for three hours yeah. you wouldn't be able to enjoy the film i just yeah. as soon as anyone starts coughing or mm. hacking up a lung next to you you would just be so yeah. anxious that you but wouldn't even, even be able to focus yeah. on the screen but even just eating next to me that's dangerous because of all the you know is there a reason why you're holding up your pigtails as you say this i just it's a it's a i have to be messing with something right, at all. that's true I'm just constantly, if we were filming this, you would just be sitting here watching me like fucking fidgeting up a storm as I. That's true. You know. More on that later on a future episode. What? You'll, you'll know. <laughs> I like how you have. We'll try it back in. You have plans that I don't know about. I have plans. Put up plans. Important plans. Perfect plans. We need to stop quoting friends. No, never. So we Kirby's going to gonna start quoting friends soon. There's a moratorium on it from here on no, in. No, no, no. Never. Um, Do you just tickle Kirby's lips? <laughs> <laughs> she kind of like reached out and like gently brushed his lips with her fingertip. That was so erotic. It was sexually charged. <laughs> yes, I did. Is he of age? Yes. How old is Kirby? He's been around longer than me. Or at least since mm. I was little. I remember, Which means we're the same age. Mm, I remember playing... Age appropriate. I remember playing Kirby's... I think it was called Adventures in Dreamworld on the original Game Boy. And I remember it being hard as fuck. <laughs> Seriously. And I, the one thing I specifically remember that I brought up to you the other day and I showed you the video is that when you finish the stage... Kirby splits into multiple versions of himself and does a little jig oh, yeah. to this jaunty music. You did share me this. And it's very bizarre. It's so cute. And I was kind of like humming the song to it, like do 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 And I now showed you the video and it's very cute. Now you know. Remember that weird thing we watched? That weird thing we watched where like he gets a massage from that like cannibal chef. Someone I follow posted that right. like a few days after we watched it, and I was like, "What a weird coincidence!" I don't know what that's from. Some kind of Kirby anime or yeah. cartoon series. Kirby's Kirby's in danger in that Kirby's clip. in danger. Yeah, yeah. But it's he so thinks cute. he's getting a nice massage. He's like, "Oh yeah, oh, oh making cute little Kirby sounds," and the cannibal chef is like, "Oh, I'm gonna assault you." And he's not a cannibal. He's he not, is. He's gonna cook him. But he's not a Kirby. So. Kirby thinks he's just getting a nice hot bath in the fucking pop but he's really being boiled to death it's only cannibalism if you eat your own species whatever he was like a big he was chubby too that doesn't mean they're the same well i think they're the same hmm or ch- chubbies unite yeah hmm. the chubby party, the a, chubby new, party. a new political yeah. force you would support the chubby party of course yeah you'd be um i'd be an ally. Like the campaign you'd be the campaign manager i see and yeah. are you the candidate of course interesting <laughs> What are you running for? Chubby 
fucking freedom. I meant what position, but sure, that's oh. a good like, that's a good <laughs> campaign promise. Freedom for chubbies. Chubby domination. No, that's too much. <laughs> you, you went too far. This is the problem this of politics. This is the clip I'm going to post on Instagram. Well, I don't support this. Chubby domination. You deep faked my voice, so it says, my name is Ryan Finch and I support this message. Kirby's for chubby domination. Chubby domination sounds like a porn site. <laughs> and honestly, they'd get my nineteen ninety nine a month. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, so we contemplated going to the cinema. I wasted all this time, yeah. and then it, like, the week of the it was going to come out. You really pushed for us to go, but then I tried to reason you out of it. Yeah, I really pushed for us to go, but then <sighs> honestly, thinking about sitting there. Yeah, eventually you realised yeah. that it wasn't a good idea. But I understood because you wanted it to be this big event, and going yeah. to the cinema helps make it into this. This bigger thing, like this, you know. It was so important to me as well. Like I've been looking forward to it for so long. And, um, yeah, so I just couldn't do it. Every so often you tell me about a new little fact that you'd heard about from on set. Yeah, yeah, You were yeah. following it so closely. Yeah, but without, like, knowing everything mm. at the same time. So then it finally, obviously it came out and I couldn't see it yeah. because we didn't go and see it. But then I knew that it was coming out like 45 days later on HBO. you got to love that, that shit. I'm a big fan of that and the I hope they continue release. with that. Yeah, yeah, not, not necessarily the jewel release. I don't mind them coming out with it in cinemas first, but just shortening like the period. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There should be a digital release not too long after the theatrical release. Like No Way Home. We only just watched it in yeah. March when it came out on Blu-ray on yeah. HBO. Yeah, yeah, HBO, not HBO. Yeah, it's HBO. I think it was Batman that came out on HBO. Yeah, but I think that also came out on. Oh, oh I don't, I don't know. know. I made that up. Yeah, it came out. I think on digital and Blu-ray yeah. or whatever. Um, and that like didn't like leak or whatever. So we had to wait the four months to watch it. Um. Which, Which is just insane. That was, was excruciating. And I got spoiled on nearly like everything yeah. because you couldn't escape it. It was everywhere. I got spoiled. Let's not, did, we didn't say we were going to spoil No right. Way Home. I'm not going to say what it is, but I got spoiled on one thing in like the comments of a TikTok video that wasn't even about Oh, Spider-Man. I hate that. And I'm like, how did this just happen to sure. me? I was so upset. But yeah. I hate that. Yeah. You're so angry and there's nothing you can do there's about it. There's nothing you can do. You almost want to send that person spoilers so just upset, to yeah. get back at them. People who just come and comment shit to like spoil people and ruin people's day. It's like, fuck you. That reminds me of like just a, a brief digression to tell the story. There's a guy I follow who used to work in the video game industry. Mm. And he tells a story about how there was a game that he was eagerly anticipating and he was tweeting about it and whatnot. And some guy, to be a dick dm'd him and basically told him the whole spoilers for the game no and so thus began began the long-term plan of vengeance later on he got the exclusive review of a game like way before it came out a big game and his plan was to wait all that time and then send that guy out of blue out of the blue the spoilers for that particular game yeah but he says that when it came time to do it he he realized that you know, he realized that it was better to be the bigger person and not stoop to that level. Whatever. But it I never underst- be me. 
but I, I do understand that instinct. Yeah, but like he he did it to him. I know, yeah. An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Oh, we're not talking about murder, okay? We're talking about spoiling a video game. Well, still. No, no. I don't know that I'd do it either. Turn the other cheek. I don't know that I'd do it either, but I wanted him to do it. Right. You wanted that vicarious <laughs> satisfaction of hearing about revenge. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we finally got to see it the other day. The day it came out mm. on um, HBO. And I wore my little... I wore... I got dressed up and everything. Like, I would... Obviously, like we've said, it's still been, like, locked down for us. I have left the house less than 20 times in the last two years. So, I don't dress up in real people clothes anymore, really, to be honest with you. I dress in what we call house clothes... High-end lingerie. Yeah. From Agent Provocateur. <laughs> so I got dressed La up Senza. as... La Senza. <laughs> you don't know about that. La Perla. What? I don't I know. Guess. Fendi. That's like... I know about Fendi. Do you mean Fenty? Oh, shit. <laughs> Fendi is a brand, but it's oh, not lingerie. Okay. If it's good enough for Rihanna, it's good enough for my ass. Yeah. That's my review of her knickers. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Soft enough for Rihanna, but strong enough for Ryan. Uh-huh. You know me, Rihanna. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, one of my many names. One of my many pseudonyms. I'm in trouble. My, my nom de plumes. <laughs> You're like strangling yourself with your own hair. You're like Porphyria's lovering yourself. <laughs> I am. I'm in trouble. Word to Browning. Are you untangling it or are you making it? No. Are you trying to, <laughs> trying to make a noose out of your oh. pigtails? I don't understand how I've got, I don't understand how this oh, is. Oh no, happening. I'll get the scissors. No, Let's no. Let's just cut them off. I do not know what just happened. We had to pause there <laughs> so Samantha could untangle the Gordian knot that she had somehow managed <laughs> to tie her pigtails into. I was strangled myself with my braids, sure. essentially. It was auto erotic. Really. It was auto erotic <laughs> asphyxiation. Um. Yeah, so I dressed up in my little Twilight shirt, mm. Batwing eyeliner. Yes. And we did it up. You also had the 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 cute little skirt with the bats on. Oh, yeah. It was a whole themed outfit. It was. It was a Don't, themed. Do it justice, Yeah, right? it was. It was a themed outfit. And, um, yeah, we watched the movie. Mm. I, yeah, I fucking loved everything about it. Wow. That's... I, okay, let me say this. The only, okay. Don't ever say anything on our podcast. I'll say some shit. I, when I was younger, it was Michael Keaton's Batman, right? Which I enjoyed when I was younger, like when I was a kid. And I remember like always watching them. They were always on. And they were fun for what they were. That was what I knew. It was fun. Those superhero movies back then were not like a huge deal. They were like culty movies, campy culty movies. And then I never got in, I never watched the George Clooney or the Val Kilmer ones. Did you? I've never seen the Keaton or the Kilmer ones. But you've seen. I've seen all the rest. 
You've seen the George Clooney one? Yeah. How many did George Clooney do? He just did one, and it was so panned that... That Who was else was that. in that? What buddies? You that was a star-studded cast. To be fair, you had Arnold Schwarzenegger as Doctor Freeze. Oh, chill, 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 chill. We always do that. I've never <laughs> even seen it. I've There's seen that just, moment, but I've never seen. There's the just movie. one scene where he breaks into somewhere, and they're all looking at him. And he's like, chill, chill, chill. Is this the one with um, um? It's got Uma Thurman as. Poison Ivy. Jim Carrey and... Uh, What's his name? Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones, that's it. Is that the same one? I think it might be. Jim Carrey as Two-Face and Tommy Lee... No. Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face and Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Is that the same film? I can't remember. No, Tommy... Who who plays Joker then? Joker's not in that film. Oh. Who plays... You think of Jack Nicholson back in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... Is Jack Nicholson the Joker in Val Kilmer ones then? I'm not sure. I haven't seen them. Yeah, I don't fucking know. He's in one of them, one of the early ones. Yeah, he's in one of them. But anyway, yeah, I've only seen... I mean, I've seen the George Clooney one, and I've seen the Nolans, and now I've seen this. I don't know if I've seen all the Margot Keaton ones. The Margot Keaton one that I remember is the one with Michelle Pfeiffer and Penguin. As Catwoman? Yeah, and Penguin. Um, Danny DeVito yeah how do I know this I've not even seen the film yeah that's the one I remember Mm. Um, yeah and then and then it was Christian Bale and I really like The Dark Knight and don't really care about the other ones okay you like the middle child of the trilogy is it Batman Begins The Dark Knight Dark Knight Rises yep I can't... Yeah, I really don't care about Bane. Okay. That's the third one, right? Yeah, that's Tom Hardy. Batman Begins, is that when he... Liam Neeson? Yeah. It's so dull. When he's fighting, he's teaching him to fight. Okay. I found it so crap. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's Neeson and Neeson and Neeson and Neeson. It's so good. There's a meme that I can't stop laughing at every time I see it. (laughs) You do that all the time. Yeah. You do it so good. I don't even know what you say. But it's so good. Liam Neeson's. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't really care for Begins. I really like Dark Knight. But to be honest, I really like Dark Knight just because of Heath Ledger. Like, That's the only mostly. thing you like about it? No, it's not the only. Because isn't Catwoman in that one as well? No, that's in Dark Knight Rises. Oh, Okay. I like Catwoman in Dark Knight Rises. Are you serious? What What is there to like about... I like Annie Hathaway. Don't, don't take liberties with her name. That's her name. No, her name's Anne. She likes Annie. Well, you don't know her. Yes, I do. You'll refer to her as Miss Hathaway. No. Or you'll be tased by her fucking security guards. I'll refer to her as Miss Shakespeare. Why? Because <laughs> Miss William Shakespeare married Anne Hathaway. <gasps> Damn. God, call yourself a writer. Deep pull. That was nice. You get a little golf clap for that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, Soak in the praise. Because <laughs> the last you're ever going to fucking get. Um, that was nice. I liked that. That's uh, That was nice. <laughs> in fact, I'd go so far as to say that was really nice. <laughs> it's so funny. Is, he, is she... I remember... The, the, I wish other people knew you. <laughs> 
What does that mean? Because <laughs> you're just so cute. I'm so delightful that I should be... You are very delightful. I should be more available to the world. Yeah. That's kind of you to say. Yeah. The one thing I remember about Shakespeare that's always stuck with me is that there's something about he gave his the wife he had when he died his second best bed in the will. And that was supposed to be like, and that's seen as like a really great insult. Like I'm giving you a, like one of my worst, one of my, my least, um, what am I trying to say here? You know, I'm giving you, I'm not giving you my best bed. I'm giving you one of the shoddier beds I have in my house. But then I also read something about that was the done thing at the time. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Was that, was that a worst? (laughs) (laughs) I really butchered that badly. And now I have to just live in the shame. <laughs> kiki key, there's the kiki keys. Yeah. Um, you seriously liked Catwoman in Dark Dark Knight Rises. I like her for what? I don't know what to tell you. But what did you like about her? But in also, that film? the female characters. Christopher Nolan doesn't know how to write female characters, and we all know this. He likes to fridge them, and Anne Hathaway is his like his best female character. So like that no. I think Who's t- his best female character? In that same film, I I think Talia Al Ghul is is an interesting Who character. Who he also kills. So. Oh, all right. He doesn't kill Catwoman. What's her motive? She like her motive is very clearly defined in the film. You just don't remember. I do. It's a, he, it's about her dad, right? Yeah. It's bullshit, is what it is. Is it? It's crap. It's. Right? <laughs> It's, it's not as good as fucking Anne Hathaway it's, just making eyes for the whole cack. film. She doesn't just make eyes. Yes, she does. She wears a fucking hot cat suit, all right? She does. Is it hotter than Michelle Pfeiffer's? No. Michelle Pfeiffer's Don't is the iconic about. one. Don't fuck about. Have you seen the scene where she whips She whips all the mannequin heads? No. That's a real scene, a practical scene that she wow. really does. You should watch after this. She doesn't have shit on Tobey Maguire catching all that shit on his train. Uh, hold your fucking 120 filthy takes. tongue. Oh, whatever. She didn't need 120 fucking she did it takes. First, she was first take. Tobey fucking <laughs> take that shit somewhere else. They call Tobey her first Maguire. take Jake. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the trilogy is fine. Dark Knight is Fuck the best. All right. um, I got a lot looking to say about back, this. It's, not as, it's way overhyped now, though. <sighs> But it had a long-lasting legacy you on me on film. But like we said the other day, Nolan's Gotham—you can tell parts of it is a set, and I don't. Okay, I'm not down with that shit. Like when they're on the train and stuff, and like you can just tell some of it's a set. For all his like, I like practical shit, and I don't like CGI. That you can tell some of the world is fake is a bit disappointing. Okay. Also, his world is very sterile, considering, like, I know Gotham is meant to be, like, dirty and stuff, but it's very sterile, and I, don't, I just don't... And it doesn't feel lived in. And um, That's interesting. And, yeah, and I am over the whole Playboy shit. Like, all the Bruces are just the same. Copy and paste. Okay. I'm over that crap. And, yeah. So then Ben Affleck Do we doesn't even... even register on my radar as <laughs> Yeah, Batman. I forgot about him. He didn't get his own Batman movie, so it doesn't count. Mm. Batman v Superman, utter shit. <laughs> what? I always go to call it Suicide Squad. Justice League, mm. utter shit. 
I always remember him for... Utter shit. Do you bleed? You will. I love that. TVs. Is that what he says? Yeah. Is that where that's from? When his his first battle with Superman, that's what he says to him. Like we're gonna see if you if you bleed. I also resaw his Batman suit the other day, and it's grotesque. Resaw, like I resaw it. No, (laughs) is English not your first language? Yeah, no. Hmm. I I saw it again the other day, and it's just grotesque. Okay, like this from from him doing Batman. People are so obsessed with Batman being this bulky dude, but all the Batmans before him were lean. And like we saw the other day, they weren't even all tall. Right. Um, Michael Keaton, like 5'9 or something. Um, and it's weird when Rob got cast, everyone was like, but he's like not a big dude. N- people not realising that Rob is six foot, first of all. And second, that he did actually get like thicker, but just not fucking beefed up. Right. Like fucking Ben Affleck. Um but he was way, way, way too beefy. He got like fucking super duper jacked for that. I movie. don't know about. I don't know about any of he that. He did. He <laughs> did. It's grotesque. The suit is like veins. Yeah. We don't. Why are we that seeing veins on his suit? Texture to it. Yeah. Almost like it was unfinished material being used to make it. Yeah. Just to be clear, I'm saying the suit is grotesque. Yeah. Not he is grotesque. Yeah, he, yeah, the suit is just, why are we seeing the veins on the suit? We don't need to see veins on the suit. That's really weird. Would you rather see the bat nipples on George Clooney's suit? The nipples or whatever, but that's weird as well. Um, he had to have little protective pockets for his nipples <laughs> to slot into. In the middle of combat, you can't have your nipples just flapping all over well, the yeah. place. He can be whatever size he wants, but the suit itself okay. was like, we're seeing your veins. Why are we seeing your veins? It's strange. He's vascular. Yeah. He's ready for the bodybuilding stage. Um, we want to see that back tattoo, Affleck. Yeah. Your sick, dope back tattoo. Don't make fun of his back tattoo. No, I will. It's, it's horrendous. It is horrendous. And he knows it's horrendous. He That's why he got horrendous. it removed. Yeah. He didn't get it removed. I heard he got it removed. He did not get it removed. I heard that in the sauna. That's not... <laughs> he didn't get it removed. I was removed. in a Hollywood sauna and people and insiders were talking about it. He didn't get it removed. His tattoo artist was in there. J-Lo is currently lying on top of it. What? He's um, laying on his back? Yeah, you That's not know. how you have sex, just so it, you know. It is if you like pegging. Whoa. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. She's putting that big booty to work. That's where all the frustrating power comes from, the glutes. <laughs> yeah. She's going to pound his little Benny boy his ass. Little. Although he is leaning in now. Anyway... Yeah, so he doesn't even register. It's funny as well, when I was watching, like, every single the the new Batman interview, when they talk about previous Batmans, they, no one ever mentions Ben Affleck. He's a blip. Yeah, they He's mention all the other ones, but they yeah. don't. They even talk about Adam West, which yeah, is well, the TV yeah. Batman. They don't even talk about... They don't talk about him. Um, but the fucking... Snyder fanboys who are like up his ass are like obsessed with Ben Affleck's sure. Batman. It's insane. Hashtag release the Snyder cut. Yeah, they're so of obsessed. Of Matt Reeves's film. Oh my God. We want, we want Snyder to recut the Batman. But you know in the test screenings, the Batman was four hours. That's ridiculous. Yeah. As someone who likes films to be long, yeah. four hours is but ridiculous. But it wasn't meant, to, not because it was meant to be four hours, but because it was a rough cut of right. the movie. 
um, and that he was still working on it. How the fuck did he cut an hour but of content out of be, a film? That's what they, I want to know. Yeah, but I've never understood how that works. Yeah, you have to cut out whole plot lines and whole yeah. diversions. I don't get it. Why don't you just try to be more careful about only filming what you need for the two-hour runtime? I know that sounds like really, really naive, silly. but I'm just saying you must have some grasp even beforehand. If I shoot this many scenes, it's going to equate to this long of a film. Think about it in terms of writing a book yeah. and how much you had to cut out of your book. I cut out 13,000 words from my book. I didn't cut out 100,000 words from my book. So 100,000 words is not equivalent to an extra hour. Regardless. I had to cut out 20,000 words of my 120. Oh damn! That's a big chunk, and that's almost equivalent of an hour. Hmm. So that's the same. Okay. So I don't think that's no, but he cut. It's not even like he went from four hours. That he went from four hours that which is exorbitantly, obnoxiously long, down to three hours, which is still for most people too long. But movies, especially superhero movies, are now like two and a half, three hours long, and I like that. I mean, not just for superhero movies. I've always been a lot film a, a fan of like long movies, um, so it doesn't. Really I think the me. film has to earn it though. It has to be a really epic. I want Endgame <sighs> to be three hours. I don't want Ant Man and the Wasp to be three hours. It depends on the film. I have to be really invested to sit there for that long. If I like a story, I want it to be longer. If I like something, I don't want it to end. No, I agree. But so certain things... I don't really understand that. I can't really relate to wanting something to be over. But what if you only want a certain amount of it? It's good, yes, but That's if it... That's not in my wheelhouse. <sighs> like, I don't... I am an obsessive who always wants one more. And so I can't ever relate to wanting something to be over unless I don't like it. Or I'm in like I'm in an impatient mood and like only want to be watching TikToks. Like I do you know what I mean? Like okay. so if I'm watching sitting down to watch a movie, I'm not gonna be thinking I only want this to be ninety minutes. I disagree. I love ninety minute films. I know you do. We've recently watched several ninety minute the classic ninety minute films. Netflix now has a ninety minute film section category yeah, and you love which i love it. because there are some films that overstay their yeah. welcome even when yeah. they go to two hour runtime. and like teen movies are usually like 90 minutes that's like i like teen movies are usually 90 minutes so that's like you can uh, tell that you just no. had a track off of it <laughs> your voice is all quavering <laughs> You come back and you're like, so, so yeah, anyway, the teen minute, oh, they're, they're usually this one time, there's been no break in the action, I swear to God. I just had like a comment. You sound like fucking Keith Richard all of a sudden. Mm. That's Keith Richards. Is it? Yeah. I'm so bad at depluralizing names. We Stephanie Meyer. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Gotham was amazing. Okay amazing don't just say okay you thought it was amazing as well no, i'm gonna let you get all your your stuff out and don't then you wanna... i'm gonna come in as the realist so you want me to just to bring us back down right. to earth i thought gotham was fucking amazing like the best gotham there's ever been <laughs> here comes the hyperbole <laughs> no parade. it's not hyperbole it's not hyperbole you know why because this gotham was like it felt real it felt like a real place like, 
Nolan's Gotham was cool and it was gritty and it was dark and it was like had a lot of really good stuff and it had grand stuff as well but there was like a fakeness to some of it and it didn't quite feel lived in but this Gotham felt real like it like it was really happening okay and I felt like I could be in it it didn't feel like a set and the rain really like gave something to it also the added element of like mixing cities like the mix of like um new york chicago london liverpool pittsburgh those are all in there um like that Times Square, Piccadilly. Oh type yeah, thing. the mashup between that the two. That was fucking cool. That was interesting. Man. Yeah. And like some of the monuments and like the graveyard at the end. Like it was all just really cool. Mm. And like the sets were great, like and the manor where the Wayne Manor, which was really gothic and like Did we ever see the manor from outside? I was thinking that. Uh, we I think we only see interior shots. I think they. I know he drives into the Batcavey part, but I, I don't yeah. think we see the outside. I love that the Batcave was like an a disused rail terminal. Yeah, it's under the Waldorf Hotel. Right. But I don't know what the outside of them. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't think know if we, we see did. a shot of it. They kind of <gasps> dodged that one. We see the outside of it when it's blown up because you see the fire. Oh right, right, right. But I right. don't know if we see like the entrance. I almost to it. just I, my heart skipped a beat. I was like, spoilers. Yeah. But we're in a safe space. Is it meant to be the Waldorf then, since it was so big? Right. Yeah. I have to see on my second watch. I have to let you know. Um. Yeah. So it was my favorite Gotham. And it was just eerie. It was really eerie and creepy and dark and like the skylines were all great. And um It definitely felt like the most sinister Gotham. Yeah. It felt seedy and rough and gritty. It felt like the type of place where you don't feel safe walking the streets. Yeah. Like that opening scene, man. When he's doing sure. the voiceover, that was like one of the best openings I've seen in a long time. Like, and he's doing that voiceover and he's talking about how Batman's like, um, he's everywhere, Bat- but he's nowhere. Yeah, Batman is like Batman is almost like the scary monster that the criminals fear, um, and that the the bat signal is the thing that they are scared of, and you see them all looking up at the bat signal as if they have to get out of the get out of dodge kind of thing before he appears kind of thing and they don't know where he is but he's going to appear that was but then i said to you that scene is great but later on i started to think why was he just waiting in an alcove at a subway station he was waiting there why did he pick that of all places to lurk i don't think he was waiting there i think he he just came, came upon across it. it. I think he came upon so it. So he went through the turnstile as Batman. He swiped his Metro Pass. <laughs> I think he either came upon it or he... You see him watching. I don't think you see him watching. It's implied no, that the camera is Batman surveying people. Yeah, you see him watching a couple of times. And I think the idea might be that he's seen this gang before. Right. And that he knows... He's they, tracking them? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, maybe. 
And so he might know that they, they fuck about at the train station and that's why. It was just funny because that that scene, the kind of like conceit of it or the crooks is we show you three different scenes and then you're trying to figure out which one Batman would go to. But the other two made so much more sense that he would already be there keeping an eye on things. The guys who are throwing Molotovs into that big government building, whatever, you'd think that Batman would know that was a target and maybe scope that out. But then he just ends up on a random train station platform. Because they're letting you know that he doesn't have a bigger message yet. The government okay. thing... You're doing a bit of work for the the writers there, I think. No, I think I'm just using my brain. It's not being spoon-fed. <laughs> To us, so you are having to use your brain. Okay. Um, he doesn't have a bigger message yet. Of like, he even says, "I can't be everywhere, so I'm not going to try and save everyone." He's not Spider Man, the friendly neighborhood fucking hero. He's taking out his trauma on these criminals because he needs an outlet for his pain. Right. But also he hates the criminals and criminals killed his parents or whatever and so he's mixing the two and that's what he's doing and he has this moral thing where he thinks like what he says to Catwoman he's looking at the fucking friend's dead body and he's saying your friend's dead because she made bad choices in front of Catwoman he has this very black and white like thinking when it comes to like this good and bad moral thing and so he's very just like, I'm going to fucking do it. I, I'm, I'm not here to save people or to further any kind of agenda. I'm just going to fuck some shit up. Punish the evildoers. Like you even have this moment. That's when you have the moment at the beginning where he looks at the guy on the floor and the guy's like, don't hurt me. And he's just like so detached from That's it. That's a great moment because it lets you know just in that one, that, that interplay between him and the guy he saved it lets you know that he's not seen as heroic or yeah, saviour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's seen as this scary vigilante who just brutally beat the shit out yeah. of these fogs. And that's a great bookend to the girl at the end yeah. of the movie who grabs his hand. That's a great moment as well. Yeah. The fact that they don't say anything and they just yeah. maintain eye contact and he like squeezes her arm a little bit. And you can see the hope in his eyes. He's changed. He's changed now. He sees that this might be like... A new way, kind of thing, that he actually could have an impact. I'm getting all <laughs> emotional. Batman really inspires I'm me. All emotional. Maybe I can make a change in my community. Because so good. <laughs> okay. Because he's so Before good in the get role. Too deep into this. Let me say what my overall thoughts are, and then we can go point by point on uh. the things you're bringing up. As background, I fucking adore the Dark Knight. Yeah. It's a really important film to me. It was one of one of those films where when I went to see it in the cinema as a kid, you know, it's the one of those moments where you're watching a film and you can't believe how fucking good it is. Like you're sitting there and it's it's so lame to say in retrospect, but you're sitting there and you're thinking, This is a fucking masterpiece. I, I'm never I'm it's re- not lame. very rarely gonna have this experience ever again. This is a peak movie watching experience. This is changing me in some way. 
I saw it at the cinema as well. Yeah, you feel it's like a surreal moment, like almost an out of body yeah. experience. It's a very, very good movie. It's a peak experience, and you realize while it's happening that mm. that it's happening. It's definitely one of those movies you remember forever. I feel like mm. I just think that movie is kind of perfect in a way. It's that there's I don't know. It's so. It's so laser focused and every single scene is so confidently executed and there's no fat on the bone. It's just, it's so streamlined. You get it. it I love pacey films like that where it just leaps from scene to scene at a breakneck speed. Maybe occasionally you have a few slower moments to punctuate things, but mostly you're just, it is just dragging you along and you just can't help but go with it. And it is just, fascinating and thrilling and exhilarating and i feel like it's rare that a film really you know pulls that off perfectly but for me in those in that movie bruce and even batman is so overshadowed yes that's true that is true and so but that's because batman begins is such a lengthy um examination of bruce as a character they'd already done that groundwork i feel that to have another film where it's all just about his internal processes, you can't have two introspective films like next to one another. You have to move on to another focal point. Yeah, but he he's kind of all, from what I remember. I don't really fully remember. We're gonna do a rewatch. Yeah, I think we might have to because I don't fully remember. I remember he beat him kind of being messy in that movie, like his motive, like. He, would you go so far as to say he's a messy bitch? Yes, absolutely. He, I remember thinking his decisions were so weird. Like, that's the movie with Two-Face, right? Yes, Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, and his decisions with Rachel, they, I remember them just being so strange. And she dies, right? She gets yeah. blown up. It's all just so... She gets recast and then she's dead in the next film. Oh, God. A sorry fate, to be sure. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Bruce is definitely not all Batman, depending on, you know, how how well you know him. Is not my favourite part of that film, by far. I think... I think... Um, Bale is a competent Batman... But no, he's not the star of the show. He's 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 serviceable. He does the he does the job exactly as as you'd want him to do it. But there's not really that many standout moments for him. And obviously, he's going to be, you know, cast in the shadow compared to Heath's performance in any, um, in any iteration of the character that he might have attempted. I just love that film so much. It's, I just really think that's that is a sublime superhero movie that all other movies are going to be compared to forever. Is, is the Dark Knight the one with the boat, with the prisoners? Yes, yes. I hate that story. Oh, no. See, it's, it's all like a brief, a brief... It's not brief. It is brief. They spend so much time on it. Uh, oh. I don't really agree. I love that film so much. It... What a fucking great film. I've rewatched it so many times as well, and it just holds up so well. You really haven't. We haven't watched it together, have we? Well, I had a whole life before you, Samantha. Okay, but if you've rewatched it so many times, you would have watched it in the last 11 years, and you haven't. That's because I'd already tired myself out on it a little bit. But 
11 years you haven't watched it one time. Well, you time. also know, and I don't appreciate this hashtag call-out culture that's being per- perpetuated <laughs> right now, but I'd watched it so many times, and you also know that I don't re-watch films that I like very often anyway, that it was important that I had a long breather from it. 11 years, let's re-watch it. Okay, we can. In 4K. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. I love 4K <laughs> and I love HDR and I love Dolby Atmos. <laughs> and I'd go so far as to say I adore Dolby Vision. No, can't have it. All right. Um, all right, all right. Okay, so that's that's the background. I was re- I definitely wasn't on the edge of my seat. Can't wait for this. Would cut off my own fingernails to watch it right now That like you were. You were excited. I, but when I watched that first trailer... Something in the way. Yes, we, yeah. I love, I really, that made me so pumped for this film, that first trailer. We do love Nirvana. And it's just a good reworking of the song as well, how they mm. kind of like amp it up a little bit with like some, I don't know, I, I can't, they kind of like make it a more like action y version of the song. Um. So yeah, I was excited. It was probably the because there's not really much else coming out. It was definitely the film I was most excited to see. And let me just some like summarize it like this. I enjoyed the film. I thought the film was quite good, but compared to my sky high expectations and hopes for it, it did disappoint me. But that shouldn't take away from the fact that I do think that it it is a pretty good film. I don't think it it quite lives up to what the trailer presents it as. The trailer I disagree. The trailer makes it look like a true noir version of Batman. I think it is noir. And then you watch the film and you're just sitting there thinking, guys, just because you're doing sh- shots of him looking moody at night with rain, that doesn't make it noir. No, I think it is noir. Go on. I think it is. Defend your thesis. No. I think it, they did give us a detective story. I think they gave us something that was very, like, Zodiac-esque. Okay, that's true. That was very, like, you know, I got seven vibes, even. Some of the seven homages are a little bit too on the nose when they're in um the riddler's apartment and they're like these notebooks are filled with cryptic writings there's tons of them that's exactly like the scene in seven where they come across all his little his notebooks with his tiny little chicken scratch handwriting well people do homages all the time whatever what's wrong with that um i just love that shit I love that it was more detective than action. Yes, that's true. It wasn't just constant action after action after action. Um, you do get fatigued if they do it like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, especially since Batman is just a person. The action is different when he's a person to, like, say, like, Spider-Man or the Marvel movies. They can do much more crazy shit when they don't get hurt as much or... Mm. They're doing fantastical shit because they're not, like, human or whatever. But Batman is human. And in this, he even had a scene where he, like, fucked up and got I hurt. love that scene a lot. I love that scene, too. Um, He's, like, wing 
suit gliding off the building and he just like crashes into a bridge and flips and hits the ground yeah and you can tell he's probably never done that before Mm. he gets to the edge and he's like whoa but he's like shit i've got to do it now and like he doesn't know what he's doing and he doesn't have like controls or anything he doesn't have his glider thing and then he just like falls on the floor and they don't even like say anything about it he just gets up and walks it off but then he's like clearly injured like that was so good because he's only year two and it's like I agree yeah. with you that I I like when they I like more human superheroes like Batman where it's not the the problem with the Marvel films now is that once for me the turning point was when Iron Man started using quote unquote nanotechnology which was essentially just a scientific version of magic. It's magic. He would yeah. tap his chest, and then a whole Iron Man suit yeah. would emerge out of it and swim over his body and and solidify. See, I kind of like that, but at the same time, it is ridiculous. Mm. I prefer it when it is just a guy, like a, a human vigilante. Mm. However, that being said, and I do like that they show moments of frailty and moments of vulnerability and the mistakes that he makes. In other Batman films, though, they. Specifically talking about gunfire, they often try to do whatever they can to avoid Batman taking direct gunfire. Because there's only so far you can stretch the plausibility of, okay, he's got armor plating and these bullets are bouncing off him. So you only want to show him taking a few bullets and probably from a handgun or something Mm -hmm. like that, something low caliber. In this (laughs) film... He takes four magazines of like submachine gun bullets and just walks forward through them. I'm like, dude, come on. That's a bit much. It's a bit much. I guess we don't know that what his shit is made of, though, right? I don't think because he also gets blown up. Yeah, <laughs> he's standing right next Something to that guy. I didn't notice when we watched is that there's almost no blood in the movie. That's interesting. The only time you see blood is like there's blood on the pliers that um, Ridley uses, right? And um blood when um falcone gets shot Mm. that's it well that's because that i was so disappointed when i found out this film wasn't an 18 yeah it's a 15 here i really wanted it to be because i want the trailer made it seem like it was going to be this hardcore gritty realistic version of batman and then it's kind of there are some disturbing elements of it Especially when you see yeah. the Riddler torturing his victims. and But it's mostly done through inference and implication. Mm. Although the blood is not why it's not a higher rating. The reason why it's not a higher rating is because of profanity and nudity. Right. Um, so we missed out on Robert Pattinson's dong. <laughs> but Matt Reeves said that it was never meant to be a high rating. He was not trying to make an R-rated movie. There's not an R-rated cut. Well, maybe you should Because he wasn't trying to make an about R-rated that? movie. How about that? Cash me outside. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> just, let me just say this as well. I like Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves is behind Cloverfield. And Cloverfield is maybe... Is one of me. my favourite films of all time. Yeah. There's a massive, like, full-on cinema-sized movie poster behind my head yes. right now of Cloverfield that I surprised you with. Indeed. Talking of gifts. Um... Yeah, I thought the direction was great. Okay. Um, yeah, what were we saying about the blood? Yeah. I didn't really realise it at the time. I didn't really realise that, like, the way they did some of the violence, like the Riddler and stuff, 
that they were choosing to you know sometimes when like people are getting beaten in the face in movies and they do it like head on so you mm. can really see it i definitely realized that they weren't choosing to do that and i i kind of like liked that because i don't necessarily need to see that every time he kills a person i don't need to see the guy with his half-eaten face <laughs> by the rats or whatever right. they did they atmosphere they built and the creepiness of the riddler was enough for it to be terrifying i didn't need like to see something so fucked up and to see all the blood it was enough. Everything right. was enough. It was only until someone said on Reddit when I was reading about it that I that I saw about the blood. Um, yeah, that's. I I also during the film didn't think this is a a kind of sanitized superhero film in the way that Marvel is. It did, even though. It, I realize now, I didn't realize at the time that that lack of blood, they did do enough to make you feel like you were seeing like very brutal things. Yeah. And the, the Riddler does inspire a lot of dread in you, mm. because he's so upsettingly like mm. those videos where he's like shouting into the camera and just yeah. seems so unhinged and yeah. Oh my God. We finished. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the Riddler doing all those fucked up videos and being so creepy was so funny. And then when they like hack into his shit and you see the video he's done for his right, like 500 yeah. followers and he switched to his like his vlog YouTuber voice. <laughs> hey guys, it's the Riddler. So hit smash that subscribe button. <laughs> what we're going to talk about today. Oh, first, my sponsor is MailChimp. Like, Don't forget your batteries, guys, or whatever he was saying. Um, it was really funny though how he was like being all menacing yeah. and like creepy, but then he was seriously just sitting there and he's still going, "Thanks for the followers, guys!" Like he's still wearing it was the mask. So weird. Though. He was still, yeah, he was. He was still wearing the mask, but he just goes to show that, like, you know. Thanks for the five dollar donation, Riddler fan sixty three. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> I see you out there. That's so funny. Oh, guys, they took my channel down for copyright infringement. Oh my god, yeah. Follow me on Parlor or Gab or whatever the right wing yeah. social media is now. Yeah, so let me say this. Alright. I can hear like the morning birds. I know, I can hear some cacorin. Squawking. I, I thought the riddle was okay. Okay, you know? I've Take your okays. And shove them right where the sun don't shine. <laughs> in the dark alleys of Gotham City. Yep. I just think that they kind of lost the feel of the character. In trying to make, as you said, a Zodiac-style killer who's who's more focused on taunting the people chasing him and more focused on having these shocking acts of violence to send a message and cause a stir... It kind of just felt like you might as well just come up with... this other Batman villains who could fit that... Who's the guy who, like, cuts score marks into his skin? Uh, There's a Batman villain where he cuts in, like, a score mark every time he kills someone. I, I remember him from the... Um, I think he's in the the Arkham Asylum series of games. There's other Batman villains. I, the Riddler 
given that very little in the movie relies on riddles, it kind of seems what do you like mean very little. There's like seven riddles. I know, but they're not really important to his to what he's doing or his plan. That's what they use to figure out the next crimes. Are they all riddles, That's though? That's how they end up getting to his thing. Yes. They're they not are. really riddles. Some of them aren't even really riddles. They're all riddles until he sends one to Batman's, in t- to Bruce. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. You true. You true, Smooth yeah. <laughs> You're right. I don't know. I just... There wasn't enough, then, is what, what I mean. There wasn't enough of the Riddler personality. Well, I've never seen an iteration of Riddler. Okay. Because I never watched the Jim Carrey one. And what? Who else has had a Riddler? Not which of the movies has had a Riddler? No. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen an iteration of Riddler, so I don't actually know what Riddler's meant to be like, except for having riddles. <laughs> and I know Jim Carrey. Like I've seen like a ten-second snippet of Jim yeah. Carrey doing the fucking mouse. <laughs> And you can't take that, yeah, because he's always doing the. He's most. given a big performance in that film, yeah. And um, it's that's a slapstick Riddler, yeah. And I'm not saying I want that, but I think they went too far to the other end of the spectrum. No, I'm down with this, like, se- especially since it was meant to be a detective story, making it like a serial killer vibe. I think is the right route. Also, true crime is like huge. Like, I just think like. Mm. It makes sense. It just makes sense. I don't know. They also, like, they did his, like, mask based on the Zodiac Killer, like, what he looked like. What, what do you mean? He's the sketches. Not what he actually looks like, because we don't know who he is. The sketches of his mask? The sketches of, um, the sketches of what he, no, no, no. Sorry. I'm very confused. <laughs> his glasses and stuff and, like, his hair and what mm. he's meant to look like. They did all that. Paul Dano, his character. Yeah. They did that based off the sketches of a Zodiac. But his ma- the mask he's wearing? No. He Just the Paul Dano character? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Oh that's God. cool. What's his name? In re- it's Edward or something. His, re- his real name is Edward, Edward Nigma. Enigma. But uh, they don't say that in this film. Which no, I like. It's got a different surname in the movie. I think that's fake, though, because they find multiple IDs on him. Uh, and they say, which one's your real name? And he's like, he, he, he. Oh, yeah. You'll yeah, never yeah. find. <laughs> um, do you just hear my, my stomach I growl? That. that was your <laughs> That's aggressive. That's so cute. Um, yeah. I just... I thought it was cool. The riddles had very little functional import in this film. Like the scene where the guy has the explosive collar and the Riddler's asking him to answer riddles and stuff like that. In a traditional oh, so version of of um, the Riddler character, those answering those riddles would have like some kind of effect. Whereas here, he's just using riddles for like rhetorical devices. What do you mean some kind of effect? If you answer these riddles, I will actually let you go. Whereas here, he's just saying it to make a point on the live stream. But... They didn't get the last one, and that's why it blew up. I thought he did say the last one. No, he didn't. He refused to give up the information. He said, it's bigger than me, and I, I, I can't give the information. Oh, okay. Am I just confused? You are. I'm I very think, confused. Yeah, you're just misremembering <laughs> some stuff. You can't base all this, like, I don't like this stuff, based that's, on stuff you don't remember. No, that's not why. I, and I didn't not like the film. 
I like I enjoyed the film. I love that scene though when he has the shot collar on and he's being asked questions and then at one point Batman's just like tell him and then he's just like no come on what are you doing man yeah he's like, <laughs> he's like I'm not he gonna didn't say ask that because he knows he's on like yeah. TV or whatever like, the, the, all the police it was such a real fucking... moment yeah, of like yeah. I'm not gonna tell him things he didn't yeah, ask yeah, me yeah. come on relax um I I'm let me just say this I may have slightly misremembered some things <laughs> but overall I just wasn't in love with the Riddler character he just kind of felt like a generic serial killer with like a thin veneer of riddler isms on top of it but not that thin since i just told you no but they are still thin in my opinion i'd rather he was a riddler who became a serial killer rather than a serial killer who is kind of sort of has a facade of being the riddler no but didn't he say that like he's really good at the mind stuff like, when he was talking to Batman, he was talking about how the mind stuff, he's always, like, what did he say? He said something about always doing the mind stuff. I can't remember what it is that he said. <laughs> that famous line oh, from no, the movie. I know, it's really going to bug me until I watch it again. Batman, I'm But I got the feeling the that he's stuff. always been, like... Yeah, at one point he says puzzles Yeah, w- so he escape. has always been the Riddler. And then he became a serial killer. I think we're talking killer. past each other here. Just because he says like a line of dialogue that explains his backstory, oh that doesn't God. mean that he's effectively so characterized you, as a particular thing. Give you what you thing. want, and you still don't like it. I wanted him to wear a t-shirt with question marks on. I wanted him to wear Jesus a little hat Christ. with a glowing he made question mark a coffee on, and it had a question mark in. That's All true. Right? That wasn't what enough. What do you though. fucking want? I want more question marks. There was question marks under the carpet. Was there? They were in German, I wouldn't know. Oh, okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> Should we talk about that? Because it kind of... Outs us as illegal downloaders. Sure. A sale in the high seas of piracy. I mean, anyone who's in the UK knows that we don't get HBO here. Okay. So let's just say, we're not going to go into details about why but When or how. we acquired the Batman. We acquired a copy of the Batman. We That's all we'll say. We got a screener sent straight from the Academy. <laughs> And unbeknownst to us... No, unbeknownst to you. Unbeknownst to the two of us, we share joint to responsibility. Ryan, to Rajaz. Honestly, she has more blame than, than no. me. She was overseeing the project. He got it for me while I prepared the food. That's true. I get. I get. I guess. It was, that was my bad. It happened to be a German version. <laughs> now, we didn't realise that. Everything was English. Yeah, because all the dialogue and everything is in English. But then whenever it shows stuff on computers or the TV, it's transposed into German. Now, that was that made for an interesting <laughs> moment halfway through the film. When they start showing him, like, hacking into the computer. Yeah. And, and talking to Riddler over IM. And it was in German. And for a second, we For, were like, like, ten seconds, we went with it, almost like... Is he testing his foreign language skills? <laughs> <laughs> like, is he just assuming that Batman had a good education, so he must know German? But then we realised, and then I was like, you've got to be kidding me that this is in <laughs> So you had to bust out the Google Translate yeah. and hold it up to the TV yeah. so it could translate you... everything that came on screen. But then I was saying to you, that kind of made us more involved in the film. Yeah, it was, it was an interactive experience. It was like we were deciphering the Riddler's clues. I was very unhappy. I'm sure you were. 
I was very impressed by the your f- skills of translation. No, I just held up the app. I held yeah. up the camera to the screen, and it auto translated. I was very impressed by the fact that, given that this was a German film, I would have assumed that in screen in scenes where there was English text, they would have just put the appropriate German subtitles at the bottom. But they actually like changed changed in words into German. There's a scene where he scrawls things on the on. The, the ground floor, on yeah. his like um, room's floor, and they presumably do that for every single yeah. country. And it was in like chalk or marker or something, and they changed it into German, like they photoshopped the words into German. Yeah, which I would have assumed they wouldn't go to those lengths. Yeah, I don't know, but that's cool. That's good for the foreign language markets. They actually get like a proper experience rather than just read the subtitles at yeah. the bottom. And you have to admit, it was kind of funny. No, it wasn't. Was it a little bit funny? No, it was really frustrating. 1%? No. Admit it. An honourable woman would. No, an honourable woman tells you it was 100% annoying. And I wish we'd have just stopped the movie and got a different version. That would have taken too much time. I wouldn't care. We were mid-feast. I love how, you, in hindsight, you make it out like you were much more vexed than you actually were. I was were. vexed, remember. You had to tell me to stop joking about it because you were like, no. She was making subtle little digs at me. I was. Not subtle. I was ribbing you. It was. It wasn't passive aggressive. It was active aggressive. <laughs> we were mid feast. That's true. We had a good old feast. I had like eight hundred McDonald's burgers to eat. Sure. Um. So yeah, how, how about, about Catwoman? I was just going to say real quick before we transition. All right. You kind of mentioned it before, but Alfred almost is put into a coma and. He throws away the letter that explodes. So it's a, presumably across the room when it explodes. Mm. But Batman is standing right next to that guy who gets his head blown off by the explosive collar. Like he's literally standing like chest to chest to him. And Batman gets thrown across the room and then later just wakes up and is fine. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah, there's a little bit there's of There's no like, bulletproof vest that make you explosive I think the proof. idea is that like maybe they're different bombs or something. Okay. But also that Batman's armor protects him. But his his, his cowl is not. Let's made talk of... about the cowl because it's a point of controversy. I like the cowl. It's the best bat suit because all the bat suits pre the 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 Ben Affleck one is tra- is trash. So all the bat the bat suits pre that are all a little bit like campy and like um. I like the Christian Nolan. Bale's is not as campy, but it's still very like he's a costume. Yes, that's true. Whereas, like, it doesn't have personality to it. This one has more personality and is more like armor. Mm, that's true. It's more you know? functional, and it is more functional. Rob said that he wanted it to be more functional so he could move and fight properly, and you can move your neck in this one. But then and they still had that see silly his face properly. Like the bottom half of his face. Sorry, go on. No, you can finish your point. And you can see the bottom of his face more, and I like that. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm. They, but they, uh, although they made it look more like a real self-made piece of armor for him, they still had silly things like he takes out the bat symbol and uses it to cut through things. It is a knife. I know, but it's kind of silly. They said they were, they said when making that that. Why have it there and just be a leather thing, a leather symbol? Why not have it be a functional thing that he can take out? 
Why not just carry a knife? Not just be a symbol. So instead they made it a symbol. I mean, they made it a knife. I like that. I thought it was... I don't know. I thought it... I thought tonally it was incongruent with the rest of his kind of vibe as a as a vigilante. How is that different to a batarang? He doesn't use batarangs in this film. But how is it different to it's a It's not batarang? different. It's the same type of thing as a batarang. You don't have a problem with Nolan's batarangs. Because he's not doing like a hardcore gritty vigilante version of Batman. But his movie's gritty. I know, but... The, Listen to what I'm listen to the words coming out of my mouth. Okay, woman. but I think maybe you're contradicting yourself. I think maybe you're just defending this film because you're the the Batman defense force. No, admit it. No, admit it. A little smoke's coming up. I will. Admit it. You got smoky I'll smoke kiss on you your right face. on your fucking lips right now. <laughs> yeah, and they'll hear the sound of our smooching. Mm, I like it. So let's talk about the cow. I don't mind that you can see the whole lower part of his face. I like it a lot. People don't. People are mad about that. They are a little bit, yeah. They're a little bit butthurt. No, not everyone. There's just a portion of fans that are like, why? I've seen some weird photoshops. People like, this would be better. And they're like, photoshopping (laughs) it out. And I'm like, have you looked at the other ones? Like, when you can only see, like, the goatee section (laughs) of the face? It's stupid. It's really stupid. You know what he used to cut that part of the the cowl out? He used Doctor Strange's goatee stencil. (laughs) (laughs) Never forget. I'll never forget. Hashtag never forget. I will never. I was right about that, by the way. No, you weren't. Admit it. No, you weren't. Admit it right now. I will never admit. So I don't mind that you can see the lower half of his face. I thought they pulled that off fine. Well, when you've got the Pattinson jaw. Sure. I don't think his jaw was anything to write home about. Oh, shut the fuck up. All right, relax. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> <laughs> what the thing I didn't like about the cowl is when they did close-ups of the face, the fact that the strip that goes over his nose looks like it's just a pe- an extra piece of leather that was stitched onto mm. the rest of it. But that's like the homemade look, you know? I don't know. It looked kind of silly. It, mm. I can't quite put it into words. I think maybe because when it's like pointed, like the other ones, they look a little bit too... Beaky. Beak-like. <laughs> I think maybe they were trying to move away from that. It kind of made it start to feel like a mask that, like, a wrestler would wear. Mm. Or something something along those lines. It felt less superhero-y and more um, amateur dramatics. Like high schoolers putting on a play and making their own <laughs> costumes. All right, calm down. Calm down. Good grief. Good grief. Um, it is a- Okay, let's talk about Catwoman. Okay. I enjoyed Catwoman a lot. Okay. Um, I really liked her styling. Yes. She was hot as fuck. Which is what we, you want in a Catwoman. Are we going to talk about her surreptitious breast enhancement? <laughs> are we going to we gonna touch on yeah, that? Yeah, they, they... We're going to lay our filthy mitts on, on those yeah. fake breasts that she had? Yeah, on the posters, they clearly, like padded out her like breasts like ridiculously amount because they were like the size of her head um it was really funny anyway um yeah i really like the styling and the wigs and the different like personas. it wasn't just on the poster though in the film oh yeah no she had it in the film as well but the posters when i right. when i noticed it that makes you think um, of remember <clears throat> famously they did that to kira knightley in Pirates yes, of the Caribbean. Yes, 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 yes. Because she's quite flat-chested, but in the posters, suddenly she's, like, buxom. Yeah. And, in fact, I have... Talk about weird memories. 
in one of my French classes at school, mm. secondary school, for some reason there was movie posters on the wall and there was one of one of the parts of the Caribbean films or parts of the Caribbean. No, it's Caribbean. If you're nasty. If you're English, <laughs> if and you're American, it's I would Caribbean. Ju- knowing that, I would just stare at it. And it, the more you stare at it, the weirder it looks that they've given her these fake breasts yeah. on the poster. So what's up with that? That we're still doing that in 2021 or 2022 even. They did it in 2022? They did it to her. They did it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my, my brain just sure. like flatlined. Um, not that your brain flatlines, but you mm. know what I mean. I was like, wait, they've done this to a person of Kira in 2022. Um, Where's the Margot Robbie version no, yeah, of the pirates? No, it is kind of weird that they did that. Bring it out. Um, Isn't that kind of a little bit, like, offensive? It's so fucked up, yeah. That she can't be sexy unless she has larger breasts? Yeah, it's really weird. Um, yeah, I really liked her styling and her wigs and her, like, different personas and stuff. Mm. And, um... Do you like the, the hat she wears with the little... The... Oh, as soon as she, like, she entered, like, the, what, how, um, the, you know, the house and she... She's breaking into the safe. Breaking into the safe and he appears and you know they're about to fight. As soon as she turned around, I said to you, I was like, she's got little ears. Her little... <laughs> she little cat ears. Her little hat kind of sticks up a little oh, bit into ears. It was so cute. I, in fact, I want one, and mm. I'm just going to wear wear it around the house. But like, including the... the little strip of fabric <laughs> over your face, as if that hides your identity. <laughs> I can't pick that woman out of a lineup. There's not a strip of fabric over so her face anymore. Cute. Oh my god. Um, and she had the she had claws. She had like yeah, talons. They were like crazy, man. Yeah. Um, and at one point, I will say when she like... used a whip, it, I was a bit like, would get. <sighs> Can't you make this character more realistic and that she's not using a whip? It wasn't actually a whip, but yeah, she was, was whipping it? the guy. It was ropes, I think. I thought it was an actual whip. No, I think it was ropes because someone was talking about it. Was I high during this film? I think you were. Did I take some angel dust? A little yeah. dab of PCP? Yeah. I was off yeah. my rocker. That's not how you use PCP. No, <laughs> you don't rub it into you your gums. Use angel dust. That's still PCP. Angel just is what they used to call cocaine oh, when I was a young sure. There's a lot of ways you can use PCP. I'll teach you. Uh, you I don't it, want to be teaching. You sprinkle it on a cigarette and it's called a sherm stick. A sherm stick? Yep. I can teach you all about this. I don't want you to teach me. I've been me. steeped in the criminal underground for 40, 50 years now. <laughs> they accept me as one of how, their wait, own. Wait, how old are you? Don't worry about that. <laughs> um. Yeah, I really liked her. I... Oh, it's so funny, you know, when they're in her apartment and um, she, the her apartment's been broken into and so everything, her fridge is already open right. and then she just goes up to it and gets a glass of milk. <laughs> it's become a meme that she doesn't close the fridge. Right. She just stands there well, with the fridge who cares at open. that point? I know, but it's like become this thing that she doesn't close the fridge, she just stands there. I thought that was really funny because I was thinking the exact thing. What? People are so anal about those little details. It's so weird though. She just stands there and doesn't close the fridge. Um, Her drinking milk. A woman after my own heart. Yes, 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 yes. I hope it was Cravendale. Probably not though. Triple filtered for purity and taste. Is that weird French milk? (laughs) Don't make references to things that listeners can't even fathom. (laughs) Um, Okay. When she, one of the first scenes, she's on the phone 
And she's like, baby, baby, it's all right, it's all right. Mm. And then she rushes into her apartment and she cups the girl's face. It's a one-bedroom apartment. That's clearly her girlfriend. That's clearly her girlfriend. Baby, baby, it's okay, we'll leave together. Cupping her face. (laughs) Heartbroken that she's all she cares about in this movie is finding her. Um that's clearly her girlfriend. Maybe they're not like in love. Maybe they're just like Okay. FWB. Well that's different then, isn't it? Maybe they just maybe she's just a you know I think a sexual sh- person who likes to have sexual nurses. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should lay your biases out plainly here though. You want there to be a bisexual catwoman. No, I don't care what she Admit is. It. No, I'm Confess. bisexual, but I don't care what she is. But you kind of like that bonus. she might be. No, it's a bonus that she is. Mm. As soon as I saw that, I was like, what? This is great. Okay. Um, And she has said that, yes, she's interpreted that as she's bisexual. But, of course, we all know that movie studios are so fucking dumb and don't want to, like, say yes or no. You gotta sell it to middle America, and worse, yeah. you gotta sell it to re- you know repressive regimes yeah. like China and Saudi Arabia yeah. and stuff like that. So there's there's like discourse online where like there are fans that are like, no, that's just her friend. They're just like that's roommates. Just They're just like gal pals. I'm like, if you don't know, it's because you like you're like just painfully straight, or you hate gays, like. Whatever. It's like, have you ever seen those memes where it's showing famous lesbians throughout history? That, yes. And it's like showing the way they were referred to. And it's like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Had cousins. A, yeah. Roommates. She's, she has a very close female friend that she's yes. lived with for 35 years now. And they like show you letters between, mm. you know, Emily Dickinson used to write letters to such and such. Sapphic And letters. she's like, you know. What, she, what is she like? I thought about you as I cupped my breast. Wow. I don't know. like Bronte. Yeah. You dirty bitch. You just fucking, you know, ridiculous. At reading it now, you're like, yeah, gal pals. Hmm. Whatever. I like, um, I, I long to feel the heat of your body against mine. Yeah. It's been too long since we ate each other's boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Dated 1821. She was ahead of her time. She knew the slang. Indeed. Um, I wish I like that Catwoman had her her own story as well, mm. and that essentially the the movie was about three orphans, all with different stories. Um, she's not an orphan though. She is. She got orphaned by her mom, and her dad never claimed her. I got the sense that she was already kind of like no, gr- semi grown up. Oh, they said that. God, I wasn't paying close attention Fucking to this film. Fucking hell, where were you? I was like reaching to the shelf to try and grab the DVD of The Dark Knight. I think you were. I was were. like, let me slip this bad boy in. I think maybe all your criticisms <laughs> of this movie are invalid. Easy does it. I think maybe you That's take your comments and you go somewhere else. <laughs> where were you? I was texting Nolan. Jesus I was like, listen, Christ. I still love your film the most. <laughs> um, yeah, but they all had different circumstances. Oh, wait, so who's the, who's the third orphan? Riddler. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. 
I do wish, though, somehow that Catwoman, that, well, Selena, because she's not Catwoman yet, that Selena could have had a scene with Bruce somehow. But I don't really know how that would have happened. Maybe if she really had it, would have been at the funeral, but then they wouldn't have even spoken, probably, because he didn't even speak. He could have looked at her longingly. I know, but he didn't even speak at that funeral. He just kind of stared and, like, saved the boy and then left. He brooded. Yeah, he brooded. So, like, I don't even know when they would have had a scene. So, yeah. Hmm. That scene at the end... Because they kiss, obviously, a couple of times. And then that scene at the end when they're saying goodbye and he, like, realises he does, like, have feelings for her and that he could open up. But because she's leaving, they know that they can't. But then they both lean, like, they're going to have that last kiss and then they don't. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. Poor Bruce. Would you... Did you like the fact that it was left... It was just sexual tension and it was never consummated? Or would you have liked yeah, to have seen like them? Yeah, like, they didn't need to, like... They didn't, like, necessarily fall in love, but they were, like, connected via this, like, weird circumstance and then this, like, trauma of being, you know, um, thrown together to try and solve this. And then in this, like, fucked-up world, they could actually, like, feel things for each other. And I thought that was nice. And he probably felt deeper for her because he obviously hasn't felt anything for anyone. Um, yeah, things are really all about, like, the tension now. Like, not the fucking, let's just fuck after two seconds. Like, <laughs> sure. you know. It's a slow burn. Especially since there probably is going to be, like, two more movies, at least. Um, we've got time. How is it? How d- I haven't checked. How is this done at the box office? Yeah, it's made like six seven hundred fifty million so far. What was the budget? I'm not sure actually. Eight hundred million. <laughs> no. Um, Let's talk about the. There's been a lot of hubbub. It, what, what were you gonna say? Yeah, that's it. I like how you more. interrupted me and then no, yeah, stayed go, silent go for on, five go, seconds. Go, go, go. I just wanted there to be a moment of clarity after that yeah. point I just made, for emphasis. To punctuate it, let's talk. There's been a lot of hubbub about Catwoman's white privilege comment that they kind of just throw in there. This is why I think that was a, was a silly line of dialogue, because she's talking about how all anyone gives a fuck about are these rich white guys who died, and she's like white privilege, blah blah blah. But her friend who died was also white. So she's saying they're paying attention to these white people, but they're not paying attention to this white person. Ergo, white privilege. Make it make sense. No, I said... The math th- ain't mathin'. No, I said this to you before. There's a certain type of white privilege that she's talking about. She's not talking... That her friend was white, but she, her friend was a woman, and she was also the same as her, working in a fucking club. Bisexual. Like, <laughs> working in a club, like, for tips... Maybe doing other stuff, drug dealing, um, poor, may have also been like an orphan or whatever. She wasn't like some rich person who came from money. No, I get that. She's talking about a specific type of white, probably male person. She's not talking about, she's talking about like Bruce, essentially. She just doesn't know that 
Bruce is Batman. That's like the whole point of that line yeah. in that scene. But my point is just you can't really use white privilege as shorthand for all these other intersectional factors as well. It doesn't really make any sense. But white privilege has become like a... Empty buzzword, It's yeah. like a catch-all for that type of thing. I don't know about that. I didn't mind become. them pointing that out. I didn't mind her having. I didn't mind her having a line of dialogue that was. I mean, this has been touched on in previous Batman films, even in the Nolan trilogy. Mm. There's all these comments of you know. There's this kind of they kind of play around with the idea that Joker is kind of like a Robin Hood figure, where he's like mm. punishing the rich and the wealthy elite of society. Although they never quite follow through on that, but I wouldn't mind if they had some comment of like if they if they if they kind of interrogated the interplay between Bruce Wayne, this rich guy who's trying to take down these other rich guys, and meanwhile, all the poor little people in between are the ones who pay the price. But they don't really do that. They just make a, a throwaway comment so that they can say the Batman referenced something social justice It's It I felt don't... very flat and rapid and like... It felt like they were just doing it to do it rather than to actually like flesh out a real point. I don't know, because I feel like this movie in a lot of ways was setting up stuff that we're yet to see. And that it was really only like the start of the corruption stuff. And we also didn't, we haven't seen a lot of the like other criminals, like the petty criminals as well. So like, I don't know that. Okay. Also with the fact that there's like the, the other political stuff happening... I don't know. I felt like it was fine. I I don't understand the problem with it, to be honest. I saw some dumb shit on TikTok where it was like talking about people having backlash about it and some fucking white guy, of course, was like... Ben Shapiro. <laughs> ben Shapiro he destroys looked, the Batman. He did look, look a bit like a fucking like 20-year-old Ben Shapiro. They all kind of have the same look. Yeah, and he was like... If I wanted to watch, like, a political movie or whatever, like, oh I would go God. and watch a political movie. I just want to watch, like, Batman or whatever. And I'm like, what movie did you watch, bro? Like, because that whole fucking movie, it was about a political situation happening. There's, like, a political race yeah. in the movie. It's about government and police corruption. I'm I'm really confused yeah, about that's... what you're watching. Do you not know what words mean? <laughs> Dude, there's like, there's always been a deep, heavy political subtext to Batman. Always. Yeah. This was also the first Batman where he's actually against the police. He's not actually against the police in the other ones. I, I see what you he's mean. He's with the police in No Man's right. Batman. He's friends with the police, essentially. Um, so, I get what you're if saying. any of the movies that you're going to be... I know. It makes no fucking sense. But the thing is, when conservatives say they don't want politics shoved down their throat in movies and games and books and whatever, they they always just mean the politics that I don't like. Because they don't mind when films have like a conservative political stance. Yeah, that's true. That's the thing to remember. Yeah. They're such idiots, man. I really like the casting of Gordon. Yes, their chemistry was that fucking dude, great, man. Yeah, that dude from Westworld, I think... Jeffrey Wright, isn't it? Right. He, yeah, he, I don't... 
it felt like him and Rob almost had like a pre-existing yeah. like. He yeah, he said I read after because I know we spoke about their chemistry before, but I read just yesterday that he said they like got together and like hung out and like that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, built their chemistry. You could see that on like, screen. They yeah. just had like a certain like spark together. It really felt like they were you know mm. because in other in Nolan's for example. Um, I do think Gary Oldman is well cast as Gordon, actually. But he doesn't really have very much chemistry with Christian Bale. I like their scenes together, and they give Gordon some some witty lines in that, but they don't really feel like buddies. And in this no. film, they kind of feel like buddies who are trying to take down this you know, this ring of corruption together. But also, fuck Gary Oldman. No, of course. So, But that goes without saying. Yeah, well, sometimes you've got to say it. Okay. So, like, yeah. I really. I can still like his performance no, in a yeah, film, but I really like Jeffrey Wright. He was very right. good, and like their scene when he's telling him how to escape, yeah. and that he's like, "You got the key," <laughs> and then you walk down the hallway, and there's some stairs. She's doing and the he's face. Up there. It's so good. Mm. It's so good. And you said to me at one point, it was like he's also kind of doing something with his voice, yes, to like match the kind of intensity. And it was a really good choice. I felt. I think so too. Because there's several scenes where there do have to be a bit um, discreet. And um, you really like flashed your eyes at me when you said you that. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like an innuendo or something? No, no, no. I just had like a my brain was you know they do have to be discreet and stuff. So like. I feel like I did it again. Yeah, you I did. Stop. You look wrong. away and then you look back and you're like, discreet. Discreet. I felt like I had to be discreet. Sure. Um, and I felt like it really worked. Yeah, I agree. And, um, I liked him. I'd the like chemistry to, was great, man. I'd like to see his character fleshed out a little bit more in sequels. Yeah. And I liked that they didn't start off with him being commissioner. He's kind yes, of he's just, a detective. Yeah. He's a detective. He's just a lower level guy at first. Yeah, and then he's going to yeah. like move up. Um. Yeah, I think that would be great. Let's uh, talk about... Who, well, who else is... Let's talk about Penguin. Penguin, yeah. That was... Colin Farrell disappears into this role. I'm conflicted. Okay. I'm not going to talk too much on it, but I hate fat suits. I have such a deep problem with fat suits. But this was <laughs> insane. Yeah, it's hard. I am. I am but a woman. Okay. And I can contradict myself and... You contain multitudes. I do contain multitudes and I hate fat suits, but Friends is one of my favourite shows of all time and I do still rewatch it even though I hate the Fat Monica stuff. I also kind of love it. I am who I am. Um, I do detest fat suits. When a show comes on, a new show, and they have a fat suit, I'm like, a fat suit in 2022, what are you doing? I won't watch it. Water, weed, dune, hair. Yes, it's not happening. This, however, felt... Yeah. We get past that now. I'm not going to talk on it now because I've talked about it many times before. It was insane. How was that Colin Farrell? I know. Tell me now. If you hadn't have told me, I yeah. wouldn't have guessed it was there him. There was, like, so many comments in this Batman thread on Reddit about how people didn't know it was Colin. I don't they doubt it. They heard people in the cinema saying, What? That was Colin Farrell? Like... They didn't fucking know, like, that was insane. Because only a few times in his voice could you even tell it was him. 
That was so crazy. It was a good performance. And I so like the crazy. idea of what you said, you told me about the other day, how there might be a spin-off TV show. There, there is, there's definitely right. happening. I like the idea of him getting more shine. Yeah. And us seeing him coming up in the criminal underworld. I think it covers year one. That's is interesting. what I saw. But I, I like the idea sure. of that, of it being a prequel. Yeah. Because then you don't have to worry too much about the whole Batman stuff because yes. he's not really like emerged. Because then they'd have that and then maybe by the time that's out, they then have like started filming the second one. Right. And then we'd have, we'd know more about him by the time the second Batman comes out. And that's he's obviously going to be taking over. You know, by the end of the Batman movie, they implied he was going to be grabbing for power. So it would make more sense to know more about him. Sure. And they don't have to fill the movie with that then, because we'd known about it from the TV show. I will say this. It, My tummy just grew really loudly. We're going to have such a feast after this. Yeah. In the same way, as, and I do stand by my criticism of the Riddler, despite my slight factual errors in some ways, in the sense that, in the same way as I wanted the Riddler to have more, um, you know, I, I like the idea of the Riddler setting traps that you have to, you know, almost kind of like Saw, where you have to free someone from a trap by figuring out some clever thing. Because that, to me, is the heart of his character. He likes to make little games, not just writing a riddle on a Christmas card and then asking you to type in a website address. Mm. That's not elaborate or theatrical enough for the for the Riddler, as I picture him. And in the same way, and I understand why they did that to make the character feel more grounded and real. And I think they did the same thing with the Penguin, where he has almost no Penguinisms about him. And I yeah, didn't love that. Yeah, he's not quite there yet. He's not, I don't think that's the idea. Because he's not like top boss yet. You don't, you think he's pre Falcone was the boss. Is he pre Penguin? He's pre Penguin. His name's not Penguin. They called him Oz. Yeah, well, the Riddler's name's not Riddler either, but he's still the Riddler. Yeah, I think the idea is that he's not quite. I wanted him to wear a monocle and yeah, to walk with a cane and to kind of waddle. He did waddle when they handcuffed him. Oh, okay. And he had that moment where he walked away and said, are you just going to leave me here? And he waddled away. He had his penguin moment. I don't know about that. They did. He I had his penguin to, moment. I wanted him to eat a fish. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted him to... Penguin in Michael Keaton. Use the fish bones to, to floss so his teeth. So you have seen penguin, the Michael Keaton penguin. I've seen snippets of the films. Because Danny DeVito's penguin is fucking... Like, you remember that shit right. forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, you remember fucking Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face, to be honest. To, you know, well, um, with his crazy suit and shit. But the but the liquidy penguin, like he oozes oh, like God. liquidy in true Tim Burtony fucked upness. He like oozes like oozes. Okay, stop saying it. <laughs> oozes. Um, <laughs> This is scary also. We've reached the stage in the podcast where we start fighting with our feet. Yeah, we do. We start fighting for power. For dominance, for control. Yeah. This is um, a metaphor for the, the battle really, of the sexes in society. No. We, what have we not talked about? I, I'm not, I really don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer because, again, <laughs> let me just hammer home. I, Did you like anything? I liked this film overall. I just don't have... Do you remember anything? Stop. We watched it like a week ago. <laughs> I honestly, to be frank, I don't feel like I have much intelligence to say about the good parts of the film. 
Um, I don't know if that's because there's not been enough time or I just didn't, they didn't grab me enough to have like, for, for like coherent, smart takes on them to have coagulated in my mind. It's just, it's easier for me to pick at the little things because you are so hyperbolically in love with it mm. that I'm contrasting myself with you. I don't want to sound like I'm trying to tear this film down because mm. I'm not. I liked it. Overall, I liked it. It just wasn't quite what I wanted it to be. You also don't sit in it the way I sit in it because you didn't like it the way I liked it. I've sat in it quite a lot and thought about it quite a lot, even though I've only seen it once. And it's funny because I have quite like a bad memory, but because I liked it so much. And I'm going to probably rewatch it tomorrow. No doubt. Yeah. In German again? No, in English this time. Maybe we'll learn German. Read the walls. Yeah. Um, I was trying to read the few bits, like, oh I know what ick means. <laughs> and also, she was getting so mad at me, like, we're not going to know what's going on. And then I translate it, and it was the most obvious thing in the world. Who cares? I don't want to feel like I'm missing anything when I've been oh waiting for this movie for two years. Like, what's your problem? Like, I feel like if, you know, we'd have waited for, like, the Halo movie, and then this had happened oppositely and i'd have downloaded a german version of halo and it had loads of text you would have been pissed yes you would have i wouldn't have been pissed at and you'd you have waited. i wasn't pissed at you i was pissed at the situation it was an innocent mistake yeah but i didn't even get like mad i was like ribbing you jokingly and you were like no more ribbing now because like I'm i feel bad i'm gentle and i'm hurt <laughs> I bruise like a peach, it's even emotionally. So I. But let me tell you this: if okay. it was oppositely, he would have ribbed me a lot. I doubt it. And I, when I would have said no more ribbing now, he would have been like, "I'm just no." I just you. let things go. I'm very magnanimous. What a lies, 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 lies. <laughs> okay. Lies, lies, lies. Lies, 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 Delusions. Delusions. You're so cute. I didn't love the oh, Batmobile. Right. We know what you didn't love. <laughs> Of it, I saw that they did you like the Batmobile? Part of that noise was a World War Two Jeep in reverse. Great, you like World War stuff, okay? But I don't care about the noises that they mix together. You talked about the noise, you said something about there being an animal noise in there. I was letting you know there wasn't an animal noise. You're misremembering. You're thinking of when we watched Twister, and you at the start of the film, you can hear like. A lion's roar mixed no, into the I twister noise. No, I thought you noise. said something that being an animal noise when you heard the thing. Nope. I think maybe you were having a conversation with yourself in your own head. Oh, you were so bored of me saying critical things that you're like, so, Samantha, what did you think about the film? <laughs> well, Samantha, I thought it was pretty great. I love the Foley work on the Batmobile. Whatever. I like the Batmobile and it's like classic old style. I don't like the tank Batmobile in oh, I do. Nolan's I world. I like it. I don't like that Jay Leno now owns it in his thousand car garage, but Fucking twat. I I just thought the the very first scene where they introduced the Batmobile should it was have... a bit weird that he stalled it. I don't really yes, understand the decision. Exactly. There. Was that meant to be funny? He kind of like is revving the engine and it's like he's gonna burst forward, but then he it, he goes forward an inch and then stops and keeps revving and it's like, did you did you not do you not you don't have to use the clutch? What's I don't going understand on? If that was meant to be. I think it was meant to be funny, but I don't know. And People on Reddit were also confused. Right. They were like... I didn't get it. And then... I, I just thought it felt was weird as well, yeah. They didn't really... 
they make they build it up so much you see the batmobile in the background when he's in the Batcave, and at one point he's working on the engine so you know it's building up to this big reveal yeah you well you didn't notice these little details i don't remember that you're too busy oogling at his jawline yeah i was probably looking at his naked chest what i don't know was he naked i don't know (laughs) You just saw him. He naked did have his top over one point. In every scene with your X ray vision. I did, yeah. Your lustful eyes. Once you see him half naked, that's all you see him as. I yeah, I felt like they were building to it like it was gonna be this big reveal, this big event. But then It was kind of badass when it rumbled like that. And then like it fired up with the blue lights and shit. We were like, yeah, well I was. I the was The like, chase yeah. was just kind of like a normal car chase though. Okay, well it's not Fast and the Furious, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, you don't want him to fly through the air and then grapple hook he onto it. He did a f- fly through the air. He oh, came yeah, through the true. flames. That was no, pretty fucking cool. Now in Fast and the Furious, they go into space in yeah. cars and oh, shit. Oh my god! Cars I are can't now. Believe we watched magic that. carpets, basically that can do anything at any point in any way. Oh my god! They fall in. Watch- they fall into the Marvel trap. Oh. I didn't want that. No, and I didn't want his car to have all these crazy gadgets and weapons like James Bond. But I did want it to feel more like his car was fight was had like offensive capabilities. When really what happens is he just follows Penguin until but Penguin. He was chasing Penguin, not the other way around. Yeah, but he can still have some kind of cool little cool built-in flamethrowers. Ha- oh my god! Why he not? came through the flames. He was the flamethrower. <laughs> he was that the flame man. But... He was Jonathan Flameman. I, I, I don't know. Whatever. You, okay. kind, you oh. kind of just love this film because it was Batman. No, and you, because I don't. Because it was Robert Pattinson. No, I don't. I love it for all the reasons I've just laid out. And you dislike it for all the fucking misrememberings <laughs> that you just laid out. I misremember I've one tiny thing. I've just given valid, valid reasons. Other things I really liked were the score, which was amazing. The use of something in the way and the theme... Dun, 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 was amazing I love the way when, they worked that in i love when when things kind of pianoize yes classic songs for example never forget the leftovers in the leftovers they they have a piano rendition of the pixies where is my mind and every time it comes on you get yeah. chills they use it to such great it's so effect good. um I'm going to talk about Alfred real quick because we started by talking about Michael Caine's Alfred and never transitioned into He's kind Alfred. of a nothing burger. You don't see him very much, but his impact is great by the end because, well, first of all, I liked Andy Serkis as Alfred. I liked this hardened version of Alfred. Like, he even had, like, a scar. Like, you could tell, like, that, like, even though, like, he's working for the Waynes and obviously has, like, just like money because he works for the Wayans, that he still lives in Gotham and has had to deal with living in Gotham and therefore hasn't gone unscathed, you know? He's a bit of a hard man. Yeah. And also, he, they even made mention that he taught Bruce how to fight. And I really liked that. And he, he seemed much more of like a parent to Bruce, even though Bruce makes that fucking dickhead comment to him about you're not my father, what a fucking little prick. That's emo, like, Bruce. You're going to get a fucking slap. You're like not you're my a dad, teenager. man. Yeah, what an emo fucking thing to say. And like, I'm going to go listen to 
Green Day. Fucking going to clip you around the ear roll is what he's going to do. Avenge Sevenfold. Yeah, my God. Um, But he's much more of a parent to Bruce than, like, fucking Michael Caine the butler is to... That's true. ...is to Christopher Nolan's Bruce. And I really liked that. And so by the end, when, like, he's... When Batman's racing through Gotham to try and get to Alfred... And he's realising that I can't lose Alfred. I love Alfred. And that, like, he's my dad or whatever. You're really pronouncing the Fred. in Alfred. 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 You were like, Alfred. Alfred. I'll have, oh, that, yeah, I'll have that pasta Alfredo. <laughs> Geralt. Geralt. <laughs> Samantha <laughs> loves calling the Witcher protagonist Geralt. I'm like, no, don't, don't stress it so much. It's just Geralt. She's like, no, he's Geralt. <laughs> This chick. She will have to put up with listeners. If she wasn't so goddamn pretty. Oh, I love you, baby. I love you too. Um, so when he's racing for he realises, and then when you see him in the hospital, and you, I think when you see Bruce talking to Alfred in the hospital, that's actually the only time you really see Bruce. All the other times you see Bruce, that's a mask. Okay. That's a masked Bruce. It's not really Bruce. Um, the only time you see Bruce is in the hospital when he lets the mask go and he's like, this is really me. I'm really open. I realise that I can care and, like, I didn't want to lose you. And then they hold hands and it's like, mm. fuck. You know? It's a good moment. It's very tender. Yeah. And so I think you're going to see him more in the next one. I like, uh, like you said, there's very few moments when you see him as Bruce really be raw. He's yeah. always kind of got his guard up. And you always get the sense that he's kind of just waiting for the yeah. moment he can go back to the vigilanteism. But Rob plays it so well. Because at no point was I thinking, like, there are scenes where, like, there's not dialogue. Mm. Like, that funeral scene... Rob doesn't speak. Bruce doesn't say yeah. anything. And he can face so many things. Like, Bella Royale, the politician, talks to him at some point and he's basically like, I can't handle this. <laughs> You're coming up to me yeah. talking about stuff that I know I'm not ready to be confronted with. And then he sees the kid, which is basically a little version of himself. And he has to, like, save the kid. He's confronted with having to, like, save himself. And then all that fucked up shit with the other people. Mm. And he does all of that without saying anything. And he conveys all these different emotions. And it's like, what? Yeah. What did I just witness? I thought Rob's performance as Batman was very good. It's kind of like how we sometimes... we, we People sometimes talk about which actor was a good spider-man and which actor was a good peter parker mm. it's a div it's you know it's the duality of the character it, it has two different requirements from the actor mm. i think rub was a okay ish bruce wayne but a very good batman but that is that because you didn't like this iteration of bruce i felt it's not that i didn't like it i just felt it was kind of undercooked like, yeah, how many mopey scenes do we need before we've got that aspect of his character nailed down? But the idea is that, like, he... Bruce is the mask, really. No, I get that. And that's a good point. 
But at the same time, he still has a real... When he's alone, he should still have a real... No, he's not because he's he's damaged and in pain and he hasn't dealt with any... He's a stunted 10-year-old. He mm. doesn't hasn't dealt with any of his pain, even at home. Okay. All he cares about is this Batman project that he started. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I like how you psychoanalyze him and... Well, I'm obsessed. This is my obsession. You want to read that, that book that they're putting out, right? I might, but like... Apparently, it's not very good. I might just for the new information, but I don't ever want to read 135 pages just for new information. Right. I might try and find someone breaking down the new info, like a YouTube video or something. Okay. Some fanboy must have read it. I'm sure someone would have summarized mm. the, the lore points that it makes. Mm. We're running long, so let's touch on two more things and then right. wrap up. Number one. I felt I like our version of running long is like four and a half is, hours. I think we are four hours now. I'm not. <laughs> um, when the Riddler's grand plan gets unveiled at the end, which I did like, I like that reveal mm. of that kind of, oh, there's one more thing. Mm. You thought you'd foiled me, but I've actually got this oh, greater yeah, no, plan no, that no. you're just barely able to glimpse through the veil of my, you know. It Didn't, didn't you think that they kind of rushed it? Like, first of all, when they show those shots of the 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 walls being exploded, I mean, let's not even get into the whole. How did Riddler afford seven trucks full of explosives? Yeah, but with his money from his followers, he crowdsourced it. Yeah, maybe hey guys, I'm like... doing an Indiegogo to blow up the seawall. When they started showing those shots of the water flooding through the streets, I think we both agree that it seemed like that wasn't going to be what was actually happening. Yeah. Like, it was like a scenario it was showing this is what's going to happen if Batman doesn't stop it. Yes, we both said that either A, when they first said um, that all these explosions were going to happen, that he was either A, going to have to go around and stop the explosions, but then the explosions quickly started happening. So then when they started happening, we thought, shit, is that you know, sometimes in movies, like things like Ocean's Eleven or whatever, when they, ex- the voiceover of fucking George Clooney or whatever, explains the pl- heist, and you see them heisting as he's explaining it, but they're not actually haven't started the heist yet. That's what we have I to do. I thought that's what was happening. Mm. He was like explaining that what was gonna. Because I was like, there's no way these explosions are happening right now. And then when he, you realise he's looking out the window and the explosions are happening, the fucking cops there. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? How are they just breezing past these seven explosions or however many it was? Yeah, I think it was seven. Why is this? I don't understand why this yeah. is like... It was so a weird decision. Because yeah. then all of a sudden, they're like, and Gotham will be flooded. And then Gotham is being flooded. And I was like... Wait, what? This was such yeah. a weird choice. I think maybe that's my only actual real criticism of the movie. Is that... I don't know. That was, weird. Know that was a thinking. weird choice. Because it felt rushed. But not in like a thrilling, rushed way. It felt rushed over. But your movie was three hours long, dude. Right. Like, why did would you have to rush that? It's such a, yeah, it's such a radical change in the state of play of this movie's universe 
that to then just leapfrog past it and be like, oh, now he's trying to fix it. And, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. and I, I did think that a lot of the ac- action sequences inside the stadium were kind of a bit ropey. It is. They kind of felt a little bit too CGI-y. Like when he's up on the catwalks, the backgrounds had that kind of like slight blurry shimmer like you're doing things on a green screen. I don't know whether that was true or not. Or I mean, he it did was, a lot of practical shit, so I don't know that... I don't know if it was just the the depth of, of field or the focus effect they were using. It just started to feel kind of dreamlike and surreal mm. when he was fighting them up on there. I'm going to watch it again and I'll see how mm. that... That whole act where it starts exploding and then they go into the stadium. I'll see how that feels and see if it feels as rushed. Because obviously when you first watch something, the pacing of things can feel weird because you're excited and the anticipation. So the pacing of things can feel weird because of that. So by that point we had been sitting there two and a half hours already or whatever. So I'll see if it feels the same. There were strange choices of imagery in this film. I said to you, they did some aerial shots of the... Because it's Madison Square Garden, right? Mm. Or Gotham Square Garden, mm. blah, blah, blah. That's weird, though, because in this... Unlike other Batman universes where Gotham is just a surrogate for New York City, here it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be this kind of blend of multiple international cities. And yet still they maintain quintessentially New York landmarks like Madison Square Garden. Well, it's not meant to be a blend. They've just blended some aspects. I think it's still meant to be... Anyway. They they show some aerial shots of the the stadium being flooded, and it was clearly, in in my um, opinion, it was clearly supposed to be some kind of take on the, the now iconic photographs of the Katrina aftermath when they evacuated all the, the people into that big stadium in um, New Orleans. And you could see, and there was like now famous photographs of it from the top. And you could see like all the people down below looking like mm. ants and the, the roof of the stadium had collapsed and there's water and flooding everywhere. And it kind of felt a little bit weird to be invoking that in something like this. Maybe it just made you think of it. I don't know what it looked I can't. It, I can't picture it. Was it was pretty one for one in a lot of ways. I don't know. I'd have to go and look at it. I don't really want to go and look at no, it. No, that's fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. I just I I felt like there was a strange because there's also then some like Occupy Wall Street imagery when um when Batman's going past these protesters. Is it? I think when they go into the funeral, there's like protesters yeah, yeah, outside, yeah. and it kind of gave me Occupy vibes. I don't. I don't, I know. don't think that. I don't think that's just protesting the um mayor right because it's the mayor's funeral well they're kind of like pro riddler crowds because they hold up they're holding up like riddler logos and stop the lies and whatever i don't remember i don't know it just seemed like a straight kind of like a slightly haphazard sprinkling of different Mm. imageries like it didn't quite mesh together sometimes it felt a bit incongruent yeah and the last thing to talk about, let's talk about the Joker. Oh, yeah, fuck. I knew we were forgetting something. Mm. Okay, so I liked the scene that they kept in the movie. Yes, I did too. Um, I liked Barry Kewen. I think that's how you say it. Um, 
The only other thing I've seen him in is Eternals. I really like him in that. Um, He's double dipping in Marvel and yes, DC. Yes. Oh, yes. That's what you want. That is That's what where you the want. big books lie. Um, I really thought his scene that they kept in the movie where you don't see him, yes. but you hear him and you know exactly who he is. And you, yeah, you don't even see him. Um, but everything about what he's saying and how he's saying it is menacing. And he really, Riddler really fucking falls for it because he's so vulnerable in that moment because everything is going to shit. And um, and then at the end, he's laughing and it's mm. like fucking great. I agree. I actually thought it was great because I like this idea that I don't necessarily, I saw some people afterwards saying, like I saw a few people being like, I didn't really like it because it's like they're saying, make sure you come back for the next one because the Joker's definitely going to be in it and we're trying to like... But I don't necessarily think it's definitely saying that and that that's why they did it. Um, because I like this idea that... <laughs> the cat's just making like sleepy sounds. Rudy's curled up asleep on this little footstool we have and he just stretched and made the cutest Aww. little noise of satisfaction, I guess, as he's so stretching cute. his achy muscles. Yeah. After running around the room trying yes. to headbutt the microphones. Yes, he was doing that. Um, but I like this idea that the Joker's just sitting in Arkham controlling all these villains. What do they call Batman? The rogues gallery? The yeah, villains. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that is a thing from the comics, that the Joker does that. Mm, that's an interesting idea. Um, like he's the puppet master from yes, afar. Yes, because he's stuck in Arkham and so he can't be. So wouldn't it be cool that that happens and then he's not revealed to be, he's revealed in like the third movie. Right. So we don't get the Joker yet because we've had the Joker. Yeah. So maybe for the next movie we don't actually get the Joker yet. Maybe we haven't ever seen like that. Maybe we have we hints. See him, yeah. We have hints. We don't get him yet. And then in the third movie, it's revealed that actually he's been controlling all the I like the that idea, yeah. How fucking cool would that be? Um, so I really liked that. What did you think of that scene? I thought it was really well done. I thought it was subtle enough that it didn't feel, like you said, like, come back next mm. time for the yeah, Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of weird because it's almost echoing how they did it in, in Nolan's universe. At the end of Batman Begins, they... I think it's Gordon shows him the Joker card. Uh, like this guy left a calling card for you and it's the Joker. I didn't remember that. Yeah. And that sets up, obviously, that that's going to be the next villain. So it's kind of a weird yeah. mirroring of that, which is strange in that... I, if, I will say this for Matt Reeves. I really respect the fact that he tried to branch out on his own. Mm. He really tried to create his own feel of a mm. Batman movie. You've got to credit him for that. And I'm really interested to see... I'm really excited for the sequel. I'm really excited to see all the things, all the mistakes, minor mistakes, albeit, in this film that get corrected in the next one. I think the next one could be, could take this foundation and really like turn it up to 11 yeah. and really be amazing. I think so too. But it was kind of weird that they felt the need to do it at the end of this film. I also didn't feel bit. like it overshadowed anything. No, they didn't. It didn't. Because they kept mm. it low-key enough that it's just... Mm. And I felt like it mm. was just riling up the Riddler. It wasn't, like, even taking over him. It was just riling yeah. him up and, like, almost, like, closing him out. Because Batman couldn't go and see him again, but it was, like, closing mm. him out. It wasn't like, um, you know... 
I just thought it was fine. And that... it was juicy for us. It wasn't right. like, you know. Do you think the Riddler's going to be in the next film as well? Is that what they're I setting up? Said, like, I don't think so. The Joker's getting like a crew of villains together? No, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that there's a crew of villains. But I think they'd introduce new ones. I didn't. I think they mean new villains. Okay. I would prefer that. Yeah, I think there is based on what's been. Said. I will say, Paul. I think Paul Dano, his performance mm. once he's unmasked is very, very good. He's writing Riddler comics now. Whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's very cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. His performance in that interrogation room scene is excellent. That was mesmerizing, mm. man. It was very the misdirect. Yes. About him knowing that he was Bruce Wayne. Oh, yeah, that was you were fucking creepy. I was you channeling did that just him. Now. You did the eyes and everything. <clears throat> that was so good. Yeah. And that and Rob, how subtle he was when he thinks he's been found out, but then he realizes that he doesn't actually know. That was real. It was good. a lot of lower yeah. face acting because yeah. that's all that's exposed in the cow as well. But let's talk about the deleted Joker scene. The deleted Joker scene is inexplicable. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking ever even filming yeah. it and thinking it might slot into the film. Well, several things. The audio is almost... I think that's because it's, unfin- it it's an unfinished scene. I think scene. that might be because it's unfinished. And second of all, it might be because the, he's got the full prosthetics on mm. because you can see him more. We're going to get into that in a second. They wanted him to have... I read this... His prosthetics, the explanation is that he wanted him to have like a permanent disfigurement and that's what's, um, yeah, it's we like get a disability that. and that's what's giving him a permanent smile and that's what it is. Um, um, There's strange noises coming from outside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've just reached like as if she was reaching for a weapon. Like, I hear a noise. I, I will defend you. I grab my batarangs. Um, <laughs> but the main thing I hated about the Joker scene that's deleted is really just that the Joker seems to have the file on the Riddler for two seconds and then he knows the whole plot of the movie. <laughs> and says it back to you. And says it back to you <laughs> and explains everything to oh, Batman. Oh, God. And then there's nothing left yeah. to do. And it makes no sense. And then it's like, also, where would you put this? I don't Surely, know. if you're going to do that, you've got to put this at the very end. because I would have thought halfway through the film. Fucking hell. Well, that would make it even worse, wouldn't yeah. it? That would make it even worse. But also... It's meant to also hint that he's sat with the Joker before, yeah. because he said it's our he says it's our anniversary, which I do like that. I, I like that. Yeah. Idea. So he's known him. He's like he probably put he him in Arkham. Him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He caught him. I like that pre-existing relationship yeah. being hinted at. There might be something of that in the book, actually. Oh, I've got to really go find out. But this it's only a hundred pages, so you might as well just read it. Pages, yeah. Um, probably read that in like a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's really the main thing I hate. That, it's that just, he just, yeah. you know, I don't hate the Hannibal Lecter vibes of it. Um, it's just that him knowing everything, and because Bruce, Bruce is meant to be this detective, so why isn't he figuring any of this out? That taking away mm. that that from Bruce, I wouldn't have liked that. 
Um, it's so exposition heavy that scene like yeah it, he literally just says the plot of the film yeah i'm so glad that he plainly didn't put it in. out loud he just says it i'm so glad they didn't put it in it also um it's just a little it would also i think make give us too much joker yeah that's true I think that just that bit at the end was just so perfect. I think if you saw that scene, you'd think there was going to be Joker in this film. Yes. You'd think he was going to reappear yes. later. I, I I really like just this bit at the end. Mm. Because the movie had so much. There was the Riddler happening in the beginning, and then he goes away for a while because there's the, the Catwoman stuff and the Falcon stuff and all the government stuff. And then the Riddler comes back. And then there's the flood, and then there's the Joker yeah. thing at the end. So it's like there's so much going on. I don't. I'm really glad they took that Joker scene um, out. I agree. I don't know what like, they were thinking. Matt Reeves said he said he realised it was too much. Oh boy, did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I had a dream where I saw yeah. that telling the audience exactly what's happening in the film is not a good idea in an otherwise subtle film. But that's crazy. I thought the prosthetics looked fucking terrible. Yeah. Terrible, like cheesy. From what we B, saw, B level horror movie. Yeah, from what we saw, because we didn't actually see it like crystal clear. It didn't look that great, and I I don't know if it, that's because it's not completely finished. It should be finished it for the fucking f- film. But like, I I don't <laughs> think it's unfinished. I don't think they'd release. Obviously, they will find it for the next film. Yeah, I don't think it'd be completely unfinished if they're going to release seeing what the Joker's prosthetics look like. Mm. I think they do it to near finish. Um, yeah, I just I wasn't that keen on the way he looked, but everything else about him was fine. I thought his yeah he his, was doing a good job. His I think performance was interesting. It wasn't like it wasn't enough for me to really judge it. To yeah, be I don't think we saw enough to like, because like I like what he was doing in the. I think we got more because the dialogue was hard to make out in the deleted scene. We gleaned more from the end scene, like how he was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I could understand what he was saying and how he said it and his cadence and, like, his little, like, giggles and stuff. I could hear it better, and Mm. so it was, like, I could concentrate on it more. But I feel like I was mostly concentrating in the deleted scene on what the fuck he was saying because it was so hard to understand. Um, I just think having him... And trying to see him because he was moving around so much. I don't like the design of the character. I mean, Mm. I think... Having him that prosthetic up and have that level of deformity feels out of place in a film where it's otherwise just about, mm. you know, it, it felt like the design of a character from a different type of film. Penguin is quite prosthetic Peng- up there. I know, but it's more, it's more natural. Is it because he, he, doesn't, he just looks like a real person? <laughs> Yeah, it's he not. He does have scars and stuff there. No, yeah, Penguin looks more like a real person. I think if they had just done his his mouth having that thing, but then like the back of his head is all kind of Scarred like as well, lumpy, yeah. and it felt like it felt a bit kind of 
campy almost. Don't you also think he looked aged? Like he had lines like right. he was an older older dude. But he's like I a thirty know. year old or whatever. It looked like the way they would represent Joker in some kind of stage play version of Batman where you really want him to stand out as being... So you do a lot so yeah. you can tell. I know what you mean. And that's not what this universe yeah. is about. It's not about going... It's not yeah. about maximalism. Yeah. It's about having things feel like they could be a real part of this world. Yeah. So I hope they I work agree. on that. I kind of think they should tone it down a bit. Mm. Like I know they've got to like change it. There's only so much you could do. And they want to make it look different to all the other ones. But yeah, I think they should change it slightly. Turn like, it down a bit. I do like that they're trying to branch out and have their own take on it. But mm. I just don't think... This ain't it. This ain't it, as the kids say. Yeah. I do like the voice and stuff, though. What he was, he was I like, thought the voice was fine. Yeah, like and his like, laugh and stuff was good. Better has- than like Leto. Oh yeah, well we don't talk about it. Leto is the is the is the Affleck. Oh god, Jesus Christ! Just burn that whole like Suicide Squad, Justice League situation oh. down. It's funny, isn't it, that for so long we hated the D- you and I hated the DC universe because, to be frank, the films are fucking shit. Um, it's only the standalones that are good. Yeah, but then recently Suicide Squad, I thought was quite good. Oh, yeah, and the then, James Gunn one. Yeah, and now this. Are they starting to pick up some steam? Are they starting to figure well, they're getting, out? They're hiring new people. I saw recently as well that, although I did see recently that they want to try to do a multiverse. Oh, come on. Yeah. But there's all that fucked uh, up shit. There's all that fucked up shit with the Flash no. movie. And the Flash movie has Keaton's Batman in it. They're trying to copy No Way Home. I'm like, Harem. what are you doing? <laughs> They're just desperately yeah. trying to find any gimmick to make you come to Why the theatre. Why are you doing that at the same time as this highly successful yeah. Batman? Don't complicate shit. They, they're grasping at straws. For the first time ever, look what's happening yeah. right now. People are actually... Run with it. Yeah. And look how successful Joker was. Just do that. That was... I, Joker is kind of a, is a different animal, though. Joker's the same as this. It's just a gritty... I no, but in the sense that you could tell Joker was never really part supposed to feel like a part of the DC universe. Not the canonical DC universe in that I don't mean like who is gonna end up fighting Superman in the next film. I just mean you could tell that Joker was supposed to be truly standalone in a yeah. way that even the Batman doesn't feel like it yeah. is. Well this is standalone. But I know what you mean. They could connect Until they need him to fight fucking... I don't want him to connect Rob to any of Aquaman. He's fighting in the sea. They're throwing Uh, sharks at each other and shit. But they put Rob in a movie with fucking John Cena. Oh, God. No. Rob's finally got to this place. (laughs) It's not... um, No. John Cena is... Oh, God. The Punisher. Wait, is that... That's Marvel, fuck. Oh, that's Trying to think of a... Who's a DC... Who's a Batman villain that... John Cena could play. He's peacemaker. Yeah, but what's a Batman villain that he could that he could? Uh, he oh, could he's be? a villain. Isn't that a DC villain? He's not a Batman villain, though. I don't think. I don't know. Um, who who else is that? It's hot. I don't know the Batman. Yeah, villains. I don't know it very well either. Um, Two Face. He could maybe do Two Face. He could not do Two Face. He's not got the range. Sure. I can't even think of anyone else. I don't know any. Um. I don't know any that we haven't already had. 
Well, you start to get wacky and wackier when you go to yeah. the fringes of the Batman universe. You start getting like Calendar Man. I saw someone who talk attacks about people Calendar on certain Man dates of Croc. this year. Oh, for fuck's sake! And um, someone else. Yeah, you start getting into um, some kind of. Yeah, anyway. Maybe that's why fucking Joker keeps keeps getting redone because he's like the only fucking normal one. Riddler is also a good choice in that sense that he's quite a mundane just character, sort of like men, but with like a bit of a wackiness. Yeah, I really hope they don't ever do anything even remotely supernatural in this. Yeah, no, because Batman's just a dude. Because even Nolan started to flirt with that towards the end with some of the. Remember how, like, uh... The consensus is that it's Bane juice, by the way. Or that it's at least an Easter egg. What a non-sequitur. Yeah. It just made me think of it. But you, you have said... to explain what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said that as if we'd just In been talking Batman, about it. Batman, when, towards the end, when he gets, like, knocked out and he injects himself with something and then shoots back up so he right. can beat the guy who's beating Catwoman, um, it's green. And people, some people were like, isn't it just adrenaline? But the fact that it's green and he, like, plugs it into something else before he injects himself, people are like, they think it's Bane juice. I thought it was the drop drug that they keep talking about. It's not green in all the other scenes. Regardless. Anyway, in Nolan's universe, remember how in the third film, Liam Neeson reappears to Batman in, like, a vision? No. <laughs> Yeah, they bring Liam Neeson back, Isn't and he's that a dream? what's his name, Raz Al Ghul. Yeah, he reappears, and it and I think it's kind of left a bit vague whether this is a hallucination is it not a dream? or whether this is like because in the first film, Raz Al Ghul, they kind of hint at him having slight kind of like magical abilities. Oh yeah, they do in the ninja that. tradition where he can like vanish and yeah, reappear and do crazy shit. Fuck that! I hope they don't ever even flirt with that in this universe. No, me neither. All right, come on. Okay, we're just going on. I don't. And on. This podcast is going to be. Is it long. five hours? Where? Where? Tell well, me. I don't. Well, the I can't really give you an accurate time because it doesn't really work like that with how we record the podcast. But I think this podcast is going to be like four and a half hours. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> we're back with yeah. a bang. What am I saying? Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode guys hey guys hey guys can yeah, you we... hear the seagulls outside oh my god sounds like there's a fucking seagull orgy going on <laughs> moans of passion from the seagull community they head into the lake there's no don't that could be used to track us oh my god could it really we're by a lake and the seagulls <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode don't read it so mechanically. <laughs> I'm reading from a piece of paper that's no longer paper. It's made of... Flush. Mush. Um, please share it with anyone else. You... I'm the Riddler. <laughs> read it in the, read it in <laughs> the Riddler voice. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> please share it with anyone else you think may like us. You've definitely lost the plot. No. Episode. And then all of a sudden you just gotta scream. You should be like, ah released. <coughs> My voice is like gone. Mm. I'm talking for four and a half hours. My eyes are starting to hurt. New episodes are released <laughs> never. Oh, we just don't even need to say that. We're part. gonna try to get back on a regular track. We're gonna now. try to do them again now. Yeah. Hopefully. 
So I hope that you'll resubscribe if you're listening to this. If you if you well, unsubscribe, no, if you're listening to this, we're hoping that you subscribe because how else yeah. we'd be listening to this? If you unsubscribe because we were gone for a year and a half, you're not a true fan. We don't want you. <laughs> that's not, we cast you out. We cast you out. Yep. No, that's not true. He doesn't mean that. We abjure your fanship. Um, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. You're the worst at reading. That's what this. it says. You Ugh. can find us anywhere you get your podcast. Um, or you can go to rtappodcast.com as A-R-T-A-T, um, which redirects to our SoundCloud page. Um, you can send any feedback or comments to rtappodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe, which really helps podcasts like ours. Um, and we really, really appreciate it. Um, and do that on iTunes, if you would. And we'd like you a lot. We are RTAP Podcast on social media. Please come follow us where we don't post. Although, I'm going to try to start posting okay. behind the scenes special things. There's no special on things. There. Mostly Instagram, though. There's a subscription Slash fee. only Instagram. So just come follow. So, yeah. And that's it. Let's, we, uh, let's get out the door because this... Let's get out the door. Let's get out the... And by the- out the door, I mean... Off the couch because I don't leave my house because we're in a pandemia. Were you trying to wrap that? I I think I was. You yeah. were kind of doing like the. I was doing like a little rap dance. Whenever there's a dorky white person in an 80s film <laughs> who has to do a rap, they use that cadence. Yes. Hello, my name is Samantha Jones and I'm here don't to say. Full name, me. You're, it's on the podcast art. Whatever. It's going to be on your book soon. Take Kirby. Ah, oh, at least going to be on my book. Come into an Amazon website Probably. near you. <laughs> buy it. Buy it now. I mean, you can't buy it now. But you can buy Ryan's book. That's true. Amazon.com. Yeah. This motherfucker is too long for us to have an outro segment. Sorry. We should... <laughs> Let's just go. <laughs> that was good.